This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Hey now, we're live on a Thursday at Chickies and Pete's at the Tropicana in Atlantic City, the Sports Bash on location. I'm your host, Mike Gill. The PT's with me as we're on the road. The PT will be on the road with me for the football season this year. Josh Henning's back in the Matt Blackia studios producing today's show. You out there. Football is back tonight, PT. Football's back tonight. I'm really excited about it, MG. I'm like almost uh, that kid at Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, whatever it is. You know, I just want to open a present already. When, when, when can I open a present? Is it, is it time? Is it time? 8.20 tonight is when you get your present, Peter. 8.20 tonight is when you get your present. It's when the NFL returns to the airwaves of 97.3 ESPN. It's an 8.20 kickoff. By the way, it's a Thursday night game, but it's an NBC game, not an Amazon Prime game. I was just listening to a podcast with Al Michaels. He said he this will be the first time in over 30 years he doesn't call an NFL game week one. Wow. Uh, but he will be calling games. Everybody's uh, – we'll go we'll through go that at some point where, where all the, all the uh, people are and where all the schedules are and where the announcers are and all that good stuff. We'll go through that. Yeah, 5 o'clock tonight we'll go through week one NFL. i got to be honest with you. I've been so busy and so much has been going on. I don't even know – like normally when we do that 5 o'clock, I, I don't know all the games. I know some of the games. But we really do that first look at the NFL schedule. We really do first look at the NFL <laughs> schedule this week. I don't know a lot of the matchups, but um, we've got a busy show today. Uh, Bob Wankel's going to talk about the Phils. They've uh, taken two out of three against the Marlins. Johnny Mack is here with all the latest on the Eagles. Jeff Nadu from Barstool Sports. Uh, he'll be back all season long. Give us his best bets in the NFL and the college game for this weekend. So that's at 325. You want to make sure you set your time for Jeff Nadu from Barstool. Uh, the Fantasy Fix is back with Sky Guasco. So That's a have, big one. Yeah, fantasy football questions for week number one. Start sending them in, 609-403. What's the, what's the text? 0973. 609 well, blank. 0973. That one I can do. 403-0973. Why, do why does that not sound right? Uh, I don't know. I, maybe you haven't given it out in a while. 403 <laughs> 609-403-0973. And you can always, if you're listening on the free mobile app, message us through the app on your phone. All right. So, PT, we know we got Eagles-Lions. We're going to do a lot of football today. I do want to get into the Phillies last night. They got a much-needed win. It got a little scary, a little dicey at the end there. Uh, Brogdon came in. And it was, I don't know about you, watching him try to get through that inning. And even John Crook, he was just kind of like, you know, got to get ahead. You got to start ahead. You got to get ahead in the count. He throws that change up. He gets ahead in the count. But it was painful watching him just nibble, 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 trying to get an out before some guy no one's ever heard of hits a home run to give them a one-run deficit. And then Brogdon ends up getting out of it. They get the win. But it shows you. How important Sir Anthony Dominguez is, mm -hmm. Robertson, who wasn't available last night. 
But all that thrown out the window, PT. They got the win. The Brewers lost. The Phillies are now four up. But nobody was there last night to see it. I mean, it looked like a Marlins home game last night. 17,755. That was their lowest attendance of the season. Not a single person there to really see that. How do you have your lowest attendance of the season? When you are 14 games over 500 and four games up in the wild card. Because you know, they're not buying in. They're well, just not buying in. Yet. You know there's a Twitter account that always keeps track of the record and the pace of the other World Series teams? Mm-hmm. This Phillies team has a better record at this stage of the season than the 08 Phillies team. Right, I've this seen that come This Phillies up. team has a better record than the 80 Phillies did at this stage of the season. Why are we not buying in Pete Thompson? Uh, probably, for example, Brogdon would be one of the reasons. You know, just when you see leads disappear. I don't uh, I don't think that Jacob Stallings is a household name. That's the guy you were speaking of from Miami. Nobody knows who that guy is, and he takes that ball out, and you start to get a little bit nervous and, and wonder, my goodness, what's going on? Uh, even Falter, who's been good was not outstanding last night. Five and a third, seven hits, two earned runs. He threw 74 pitches, but he was able to ham and egg it long enough to sort of turn things over, you know, and they had Alvarado in maybe a little earlier than they wanted to have Alvarado in, quite frankly. So that's why people aren't buying in. They're not buying in because it's like there's still a series coming up with the Braves. Their next game's... Are with yeah they still got two series left with the Braves and I mean look there's good things that happened last night you know that they all these years where they couldn't beat the Marlins they were ten and five against the Marlins this season they only had nine wins last season against the Marlins that was like their bugaboo right uh, they're forty one and thirty at home so even though nobody's showing up they're pretty darn good at home and then the biggest news was in the post game news availability when Rob Thompson. No relation. Said that Dominguez will make a rehab appearance today at Lehigh Valley, and Eflin is going to make a rehab appearance tomorrow. So it looks like Dominguez and Eflin are both poised to return. And may I say, thank God for that. Yeah, I just don't get the mindset, man. I don't get it. Maybe maybe I'm just a different type of fan than most people out there. I don't go to a game because... You just said Brogdon. I didn't know Brogdon was going to close the game last night. Who knew that Robertson wasn't available? You had a hint that he might not be available. But mm-hmm. I don't go because the closer may or may not be available. I don't know that the closer is even going to get in the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like every excuse that is made is just that. Simply an excuse for why aren't people – I don't get it. What is it about this team that's missing? What is it about this team that the fans don't like, they can't connect with, they don't get – you know, what is it? Because I'm having a blast watching this team. Last night, I mean, yeah, it's you're, you're, you're holding on for dear life at the end there, but that's the roller coaster. That's the fun. That's the ride. And somebody tweeted at me, you know, all oh, 10 years, they haven't been fun. I said, well, the 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, and et cetera rosters are different than this roster. Why are we comparing this team to the previous 10? I don't understand that way of thinking. I know you think like that, PT. Bring me through it. Why do we look at this roster in 2022 and say it's comparable to a season that happened nine, eight, seven, six, five years ago. It's not just the rosters from previous. Like, look at the way the batting averages broke out last night. Schwarber at the top of your lineup was 0 for 4, right? 
Harper was 0 for 3. And, by the way, he may or may not have had, like, an oblique issue at one point that John Cruck was talking about, and that would be a concern. Real Muto did impact the game, so it's not fair to just look at Real Muto's 0 for 4 at the plate with three strikeouts and say that he had a poor game because he impacted the game big time, both with uh, he picked off a runner and uh, threw a guy out at second base and was uh, basically... uh, you know, a stud uh, behind the dish, in my opinion. But, like, Veerling, their defense was good last night, Gil. Hoskins made a play behind first base. Veerling ran down a ball in right field. At the minute he caught it, I turned to Susan and said, there's absolutely no way that Nick Castellanos would have caught that ball. So, and Real Muto made a catch in front of the Marlins dugout. So, I just think the fan base is not buying in. You have to, you have to factor in that the Pennsylvania schools have started and the New Jersey schools started. Let me ask you a question. On Tuesday. Let me ask you a question. And nobody's going to see the Marlins. Does no other state go to school? (laughs) I hear the school thing all the time. Every other state goes to school before Pennsylvania, before New Jersey. Most places in, go to school in, right. in the middle of August. That's correct. So don't sit here and say that school is the reason. That That is out. And again, I go back to in 07, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Did we not have school? Yeah, we did. But I think there was a more established... When they went on the, were the team to beat in 07, then 7, 8, 9, that built the momentum, that built the pattern. And, and Philly, the Delaware Valley, is a place of patterns that are a place of, like, habitual behavior, right? It's part of the reason why there's a certain news station up there that everybody's been watching for 35 years or 40 years, and they never change the channel, and the rest of the stations are just trying their best, right? They're habit-forming, and the Phillies have not created... To, to this point, a reason for them to come. They just don't want to spend the money to go if they're if they're going to be disappointed in the end. Well, that just tells me it's not that they don't believe in the team, or maybe that's what they want to tell each other. You know, I don't believe in this team. I, I just feel like it's not the fan base that everybody gives them credit to be. Because I hear, well, they're playing bad teams. Uh, the Mets just got done playing the Nationals. The Nationals are the worst team in baseball. The Mets drew 30,000 people to go see the Nationals play. And the Mets let their fans down just as much as the Phillies do. So it just comes down to, it was an embarrassment last night. They had seven, th- it's the smallest crowd they've had all season long. Yeah, 19 was the previous smallest, and now they got to 17,000. And, and trust me, as you know, when it's 17,000 like that, it feels like a cavern. I mean, it's just, you're hearing like individual cat calls from people. It was embarrassing. Yeah, Late it's... in the game, you hear one random guy going, let's go, Phillies, right. and nobody's responding to him. I mean, Because <laughs> there's nobody there it to, to respond. Exa- well, I mean, exactly. That's my point is you got one random guy just saying, let's go, Phillies. Nobody's answering him. Just absolutely. And somebody said to me the other day, well, you know, on your show, you only talked about the Phillies for 10 minutes, you know, and then you went to the Eagles. And said, yeah, because if there's 8,000 people at the ballpark, why would I think anybody listening is a Phillies has any care about where this team is right now? So if you're out there listening, yeah, 609-403-0973, are you invested in this Phillies team at all? Or are you just going to be like, hey, if they have a game in October and it's a playoff game, now I'm on board. But until then, nah. I saw a poll question yesterday that somebody in the Philly media posted and said, will you go to one of the final 11 games this season? 69% said no. Wow. 69% said, nope, no interest in going to see this team play. And it's, 
And I get it if they were like right. a flimsy. They're 14 games over yeah. 500. They got to 14 games over 500 by missing the MVP of last season for two months, right? And here they are, 14 games over 500. They are now four games up over the final wild card spot. What will it take for people to say, okay, I'm on board. Let's support this team. There's your key series right there. The end of September, September 22nd to the 25th. If people are not showing up for the four-game home series against the Braves on the 22nd to the 25th, I don't know when they're ever going to show up, quite frankly. You know, this is the stretch right now. They do have they have three in Atlanta, and then, like you said, Gil, they got those four at home, sandwiched in with a couple at home against Toronto, who, by the way, is no slouch. Well, and I said this this week, PT, they've got to win seven out of nine in this stretch with the Marlins and the Nationals. It's got to be seven out of nine and almost eight out of nine. Right. Because if they don't win seven out of nine... There's a possibility that they lose seven out of nine with the Braves and in, in that stretch. Correct. Yeah, four, four with the Braves, three with Toronto, and then more with the Braves at home. You're absolutely right. That's one, two, three, four, five, and then nine. That's another nine game stretch. You're absolutely right. And if they go three and six, if they go four and five, if they go, you know, anything that's below. 70% of those nine games, that key nine-game stretch. I just think you're sitting here asking where the fan base is. If they're not there by the time you get to the four home games against Atlanta, which are Thursday night game at 7.15, a Friday game at 7.05, a Saturday game at 4.05 that currently just looks like it's on local TV. It's not like a Fox National or anything like that. But, see, that's the thing. It's easy to look at this screen, Mike Gill, and say, okay, Saturday, September 24th, they play the Braves. It's going to mean something. It's the hunt for Red October. It's October baseball. And then somebody will come back to you and go, but my kid has uh, club soccer, and -and so-and-so has uh, AAU swimming, and by the way, uh, Oklahoma's playing so-and-so, and and I really want to watch the USC game, and it's this, that, college football. Like, people are not invested into wanting to drive and make the entire – plus – what was the time of the game last night? Three hours and two minutes. You are not just committing for three hours of the ball game. You're committing for the hour before and the 45 minutes to get All home. Right. I get that in our region, and most of our listeners are within an hour of Philadelphia. Fine. PT, it's not like this is – it's not like the team is situated in Atlantic City and only has 390,000 people to draw from. They're in the 10th biggest market in the country. They've got over 8 million people to draw from. I'm only asking for 20,000 of them to show up. So what happened? It's pretty pathetic that they're not showing up and they're not buying in. I mean, I understand the reasons – and I'm trying to detail them out, and you keep – I'm serving them up, and you're knocking them right back at me. But that's fine. That's what you do on a radio show. Well, and like this I'm guy okay asked, how many Phillies games has Mike Gill been to this season? Tell the truth. Why aren't you buying in? I will tell the truth. Two. I have been to two games this year, mm-hmm. but I also went to spring training for a week and went to games down there. Now, this guy's right. How many have I been to, too? Here's why. I have a job that I don't get off the air till 7 o'clock at night, and many times I don't get out of the building. If I didn't – get out of the building when i did i would go to more games and they move the times up to 6:45 a lot of the games yeah. early in the season are 6:40 so that hurt me yeah. a little bit but 
That being said, that's fair to say, okay, I'm not going. I'm also a member of the media. I- I'm not going as a fan to watch the team play. But I do. Right. How many games have you been to? More I've, than I've been to at least eight. Right. I think, you go a season. lot. I do. And my my father's 84 somewhere. He just said, Peter, don't tell the radio audience how old I am. But he's 84 years old, and he likes to – he has a Sunday package, you know, so he likes to go to the games. And if he can't go to the Sunday package, he'll offer me some of the tickets. And then, you know, early on in the season, like, I was really excited about this season. I still am optimistic that they're going to make the playoffs, but I remember I uh, played Ferris Bueller. I did hooky and I went to like a Mets game early in the season. Uh, one of those business persons specials. That's the way you're supposed to say it now, a business person special. And I went to that and uh, had a great time. Of course, the Phillies lost, but that was like in April or May. So, I mean, I've been, go- I've, I've you been do know, no, I'm not questioning yeah. you. You go. And I, right. listen, if you're in the audience and you went to one or two games, you went to one or two games. That's all. Like, I'm just wondering... Where are the people? Is it because they don't care? Is it because they're not invested? Do they feel let down? Is this team, um, I don't know, do they not have enough homegrown players? Is that a problem? Even if you wanted to see the opposing pitcher, who is Alcantara tonight, right? Thank you. If you want to see him, guess what the tickets start at? Six bucks. Okay, here's another thing. They're almost begging you to come in and watch this game. Here's another thing. Yeah, this guy's going to win the Cy Young Award, and does anybody want to go see him, or is he on too bad of a team? That could be. All right. Here's my thing that's bewildering to me. The Phillies are 15th in baseball in attendance, all right? They average 28,654 a game, which is actually pretty good. Where are those people? They were averaging 28,000. What happened to the people? Where'd they go? Now, all the excuses I get, this happens, that happens. We have school. The tickets are too expensive. Are the tickets too expensive in L.A.? Do they not go to school? How about St. Louis? How about New York? In Atlanta, San Diego, the Mets, Houston. What do all those teams have in common? Major metropolitan areas? No, they're all in the playoffs right oh, now. There you go. Every Sorry. one of those teams, Dodgers, Cardinals, Yankees, Braves, Padres, Mets, Astros. They are your top seven teams in attendance. They're all currently sitting in a playoff spot. That includes the Padres, who are below you in the playoff pecking order. Boston, Chicago. Those two places sell out generally every game because they're also tourist attractions. The Colorado Rockies are 10th in attendance. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. Toronto is 11th. San Francisco is below you in the standings. They're averaging 30,000 a game. The Angels, who are a horrible baseball team, they average 30,000. Milwaukee, who is four games behind Philadelphia in the playoffs, they are averaging 30,000 a game here. Philadelphia is next at 28,000. Now, the 28,000 is actually pretty good. But they're not getting 28000 when it matters the most. What happened, man? Well, what's going to happen? My counter to that would be they're not going to get 28000 tonight on a Thursday night when the NFL is opening and they're playing Miami. That's just not happening. I don't know how many they're going to get this weekend. Although, you know who will be there on Friday night, and it's probably going to screw up the traffic, and PT is going up to the stadium area, so I'm not happy about this. Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady of the United States, will be in attendance on Friday night. So she is supporting the Phillies, but I don't think you're going to see big crowds. You might see some on this 20th and 21st, but I really think that people are targeting that Atlanta series. 22nd, 
through the 25th as like that's the put up or shut up. Let's they see had what a nice little there. bump the night that Harper came back. Yes, and that weekend. And yes. then after that, I said they go out west. They got they lost five out of six. And then what's your word, Rochambeau? Just, they got Rochambeau. They just dropped they didn't do off. Anything to endear themselves to the fan base on that Arizona slash San Francisco trip. Mike, I'm a Mets fan. I asked the Phillies fan the other day about the playoff hopes, and he said it's football season, bud. I'm done with the Phils. Go Birds. Wow. I mean, they're in it, for God's sakes. They're going to make. They're probably going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2011, the second longest streak in Major League Baseball, and people don't seem to care. I'm a little baffled. Paul in Millville says, guys, I just don't think this team is lovable. We used, we loved Utley, Howard, and the boys. I think Bryce being out for so long caused lots of interest to be lost. We have one guy we love on this team. Back in 07-11, we love the whole team. So are you saying they love Harper? Because I think some people like Schwarber. You know, but I, maybe it's not as deep a, uh, yeah, a run. Yeah, but Schwarber's only been here for a short amount. I've heard a little bit of that. And that certainly the people they don't know like these Castellanos guys. People don't know back. these guys' personalities. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, that kind of goes with the homegrown nature of, hey, when you have a homegrown bunch like the Phillies did, you, you they come up, they're you rookies, you're baseball, excited about them. Sosa made a play last night. Edmundo Sosa made a play last night that reminded me of Ozzie Smith when I was a kid. You know what I mean? The guy was stealing second. Sosa came running for the bag. Real Muto threw down a seed, and he grabbed the gill, and he put the tag on between his legs while he was in the air. It was one of the more athletic plays I've seen all season long. Well, and the I funny was part like, is, wow. people don't want Sosa playing. And right. if it wasn't for him the last two nights, they might have lost these games. Oh, yeah. No, you absolutely needed Mundo Sosa last night. Absolutely. All right. So, Phillies fans out there, what is it going to take? Are you just waiting for the playoffs to be clinched? And then, hey, I'll be a bandwagon guy, and I don't care. I'll show up when they finally make the playoffs. Is that what it will take? Because keep in mind, the Phillies are going to keep playing. The Eagles start this weekend. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get lost in the sauce here. Very quickly. Or are they already lost in some people's minds? This is what I would think, though, Pete. When they lost Harper, I see what that guy's saying, right? Mm-hmm. They lost the one marquee guy that made you put down the dishes or turn to the TV and be like, I got to watch this. But the team actually made up ground without Harper. So you would think, man, they lost Harper and still played well. I think it's time for me to buy into the team because now they're getting Harper back. Yeah, And it seemed they got Harper back. It gave them a bump for a night. And then it was like, eh. The whole thing is weird to me. When they had Kapler and the team was kind of hanging around the wild card for a while and then they would kind of fade out. And that's what kind of got people, you know, I think spooked a little bit now. Is Oh, I've seen this before. That's right. Those teams were not any good. They didn't have a bright star. So what happened? They were in the playoff race. They were right there. They were hanging around. And then they just kind of fell apart in September. So then they went out and got Bryce Harper, the best player in baseball, and it was like, okay, you didn't believe in this team because they don't have somebody. Let's go get the best player in baseball. Let's go get Zach Wheeler, who's been a Cy Young candidate. Mm-hmm. And that still hasn't made people. It just tells me big time, this just ain't a baseball town, and it's not going to be one. It, it, as much as it was in 07, 8, 9, 10, that 11, little run, yeah. it was a baseball town then, but it was a manufactured baseball town. This town just does not love the game. And that's okay, but it's going to be funny when you're drawing – 17,000, and of those 17,000 sales, 
maybe 9,000 of those people showed up last night. That's pretty sad. Uh, that's a good point. Yes, it's paid attendance. Yes, whatever the number is, that's always the paid attendance. And it's 17 as a paid number. If 17 <laughs> were in the building, right. that's pathetic. Right, right. I see your point there. Holy moly. All right, Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. We are live today. At Chickies and Peach, Tropicana. This is our Thursday home each and every year. We are here at the AC version. So stop out and see us. Uh, Thursday night football here tonight, Pete Thompson. I'm very excited for it. Mike Sports Bar also brought to you by the Gallery Bar Book and Games and Ocean Casino Resort. Get your game on at the Gallery Bar Book and Games, Ocean Casino Resort this football season. Cheers to your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery and Ocean Casino Resort to go for the win. If you want more information, visit OceanAC.com. You must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAME. And we'll be there tomorrow. Sports Bash on location. Bob Wang We'll talk some fills with us coming up. What will it take for you guys out there to buy into the Phillies? Or is it simply, when they're in the playoffs, I'll watch. Until then, eh, it's Eagle season. Let us know. 609-403-0973. And don't forget, go to our website, 973ESPN.com, and download the free mobile app. We've got a great giveaway that you can enter right now on our website. Get all the details at 973ESPN.com or through the free mobile app. Now on 97.3 ESPN. Hey, get your fantasy football questions in for Sky Guasco. He's going to be joining us later on in the show. If you have a fantasy football question for week number one, man, we're here. Week one tonight. Get your questions in. Text them 609 403 0973. We'll ask Sky as many listener questions as we can. Mike Gill, Pete Thompson. I got some exciting news. If you haven't heard, you know that you can travel on American Airlines from Atlantic City International Airport. American Airlines and Atlantic City International are your gateway to the world. And ACY is now your one-stop ticket for over 90 domestic and international destinations. You can go see your favorite away games, your team's away games, and leave right from ACY. You want to go to see the Eagles play on the road this year, you can book through ACY and save time and money. Avoid the fees and the hassle of parking at the big city airport when you start your next vacation on American Airlines from ACY. The excitement is just one stop away on American Airlines from ACY. Book today at AA.com. All right, Mike and Pete, 609-403-0973. Somebody asked you about what the attendance was during the World Series years? Yeah, they were asking about uh, they still have season tickets, but uh, they said, is attendance the same as prior to the World Series, I can't remember, even though okay, like I'm what a year? season ticket holder since 2002. What year? Well, I, I would say, I assume they're asking, like, uh, right before the World Series, like 7, 6, right. Let's 6, go back five. to 7. Yeah. I'll go back to 7 and see what the attendance is. a good one because that's seven. when they were sort of building. Park opened in 4. Right? All right, in 7, they, they averaged 38,000. Okay. So that's a 10,000 drop-off from what they're averaging right now. So in 7, did they have school... <laughs> was it bad right. opponents right. or were all the opponents that came in good ones like did they only play good teams at citizens bank park and all the bad teams they played somewhere else park was new you know all those things we talked about you, now let me ask you when someone says pete you want to go to a game or hey let's go to a game do you say 
who are they playing? Like, does that matter to Not you? Not to me, but I enjoy the experience of it. Uh, it doesn't matter to me at all. I, uh, I, I want to know two things. One, I do, I do ask who are they playing. Of course, but you're going to say, but I'm hey, not going to play the Marlins. I'm yeah, not going. No, I'm never going to say no. And then two, how much do you want for the tickets? All right. And if I'm a guest, well, then hell yeah, I'm going. I'm on your account. Okay. Okay. In 08, they averaged 42,000. That was fifth best in the league. All right? Mm-hmm. In nine. What's going on over there? Oh, somebody's receipts. It's like a. It's like Walmart. Oh, that's hilarious. They just came out and stunned you. You're in like, nine, they had the third biggest attendance in baseball, 44,000. All right? So they were third in baseball. All right, these are their glory years, by the way. Yeah. They had that sellout streak going. In 10, they had the second-best attendance in baseball, 45,000, and they sold out. Their their percentage was 103% of the ballpark was filled, all right? Now we're going to 11. This team, 11, was the best team that they've had. So did they have school in 10? <laughs> were there bad teams? <laughs> No, I, mean, I, I don't know sure. what changed. All right, in 2011, Pete, yeah. they were number one in baseball with 45,440. The percentage was 104% of the building was sold out. They sold out every single game in 2011. So they were number one in baseball. Did they have school? <laughs> was it hot? Yeah. That's... Did they play bad teams? I understand how you're going here. Just make it short. Okay. In 2012 which was not a playoff team. Right. They were number one in baseball. 11, by the way, was the last year of the run, correct? Right. That's they where... were number one in baseball at 44,000 per game. You go to 13 when they started to really get bad. So they were number one in baseball in attendance for two years in a row. I in saw... 13, they yeah. were eighth, and they averaged 37,000, wow. which is still significantly more than what they're averaging now, and that team was horrible. 2014, all right, PT. Yeah, 14. 2014. Uh, all right, now I got to scroll down because they yeah, fell. Yeah, now, now you're they going fell, on another page. They fell down to 16, but they were still at 29,900, which is more than they're at right now. It's baffling to me because they are looking like they're going to end their postseason drought. All 14 other National League teams, Mike Gill, have played a postseason game since the last time the Phillies played one. Did you know that? All 14 other teams have played a playoff game. And the thought of 2011, remember Ryan Howard sprawled in the dirt, clutching that torn Achilles seat, uh, in October of 2011, that's the last postseason pitch thrown to any Philly. Now, they've spent the big bucks. They got 241 million reasons to try and end that drought and hand it over to the Pirates. 2015 was the last time the Pirates made the playoffs. And just pass that along and go, okay, boys, you take this down. We don't want it anymore. But people still aren't buying in. No, they're not. 2015, by the way, um, which was a horrible year. They went from 29,000, and then they were 25th in baseball at 23,000. So now the drop-off really started. So from 11 to 15, that's a four-year span, they lost half their audience. And wins McCannon slash Kapler, one of those years? Um, well, 16. So Kapler, Girardi was there for, what, three? Including this year. That's true. 
I mean, they heralded Girardi as going to be the difference maker because he was coming from the Yankees and the team that beat him in 09, and they thought this is this is a guy that's going to lead the Phillies in a different direction. I think Kapler came over the in top. 17. Yeah, well, so, I don't think that, that made anybody any friends. No, in 17, <laughs> their attendance was 24th at 24,000 which is 5,000 less than where they are right now. By the way, you don't think they have, like, board meetings about this or, like, bait, like conference room tables and discussions about this of how do we get our attendance back or what do we have to do or what's missing or, you know, I mean, I think I oh, think, I think this they is are. being, ha- this is being talked about. I think that Middleton is looking out there and saying, what is going on? Like, they, they wanted me to spend money. I went out and got Bryce Harper. They wanted me to spend money. I went out and got Zach Weir. They wanted me to spend money. I went out and got Schwarber. They wanted me to spend money. I went out and got Castellanos. Right. What is going on here? Right. I said it. 241 million reasons for them to end the playoff drought. And it's still right now, at least based off of last night's attendance, 17,000 paid. Not 17,000 people. 17,000 paid. It's still not enough to bring the people in. All right, Bob Wankel, Crossing Broad, covers the Phillies. He's going to join us coming up. And uh, obviously this team is uh, firmly in the playoff spot right now. Um, Are they leaking oil? Are they turning the corner? Um, They won again last night. They lost five out of six out west. Let's (laughs) ask Bob his thoughts on that coming up. Uh, Phillies writer for CrossingBroad.com. Bob Wankel joins us here on the Sports Bash coming up on 97.3 ESPN, the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back to more on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. 242, Phil's tonight, Sandy Alcantara, PT. Will that draw anybody? It should, (laughs) but there's this little thing with a pigskin and teams that I'm really actually probably going to draw my attention more. It's called the NFL. Sorry. Uh, Should it matter? Does it even matter? I mean, I think the players look up and say, what is going on here? Right? It's got to it's got to affect them a little bit that they they can look into the crowd and see. It looks like a Marlins game out here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when did the Phillies become like, a, you know, an old Blue Claws game when you used to go up there and a foul ball, you could just like whole sections were empty and you could just go down and run down that foul ball, you know. Yeah. Hey, if you're a kid, go up. It's a good time to get one. All right. Uh, Bob Wankel crossing broad. Phil's win last night, Bob. And, uh, you know, they've taken at least two out of three in this series after five out of six. And it seems that that trip out west was enough to tell people I'm still not ready to take this team serious. Fair or unfair? Uh, you know, I guess it's fair. I mean, listen, they played uh, horrendous baseball uh, in Arizona and San Francisco last week. And I think that this fan base is looking for uh, reasons to not latch onto this team, but reasons to validate their own skepticism. And I think that last week did exactly that. The pitching was a mess. They played poor fundamental baseball. The offense hasn't been there at times. And I think that people are just ready to say, see? So when you look out and see <laughs> what, what, a, what, a, what kind of mindset is see? that? Like, I, go, want, I want to be miserable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it came from. And listen, I mean, I grew up a Philadelphia sports fan. Heck, I grew up as a Phillies fan. Uh, and, you know, I, I get it. Uh, I understand that this team has been, you know, has, has been hard to trust. They burn you year after year, but it's it's kind of strange. I mean, this is a little bit of a different team. The organization has spent money. There are a number of really good players. They've had some role players step in with big games. They're 
they're fairly easy to like. And this city has not has not taken to this team whatsoever. I mean, you saw less than 10,000 people out there on Tuesday night. The attendance was 17 plus last night. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that that many people were there last night. I it's it's just not a city that is captivated by this team in any way, shape or form. Um, should they be? I mean, are they? Are the fans in the right to be skeptical, Bob? Or is it like, come on, what, are you watching what I'm watching here? They're 14 games over 500. They're four games up uh, in the wild card. They've got the reigning MVP. Um, you know, they went out and spent money, like you said. Are the fans right to be skeptical? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what your what your expectations are. I mean, listen, this team is is very likely going to make the postseason. You look at baseball reference, a 96% chance, fan graphs, an 89% chance. And that's despite having the week that they did out West last week. So they are in position to make the postseason. And I think that maybe part of what contributes to this is the fact that they're, it's sort of like if you've ever run a race or if you've ever been involved in a race, they're kind of just running by themselves right now. You know, like they're far enough ahead of, of Milwaukee but they're not close enough to teams like Atlanta and New York for the division. So there's really like, there's no do or die on a night to night basis. They're, they're probably a playoff team, but they're not an elite team. So they're sort of in this, this middle ground. But to your, your question, it's a little bit unfair. I mean, listen, this organization has made the, the postseason less than 15 times since 1883. You know, it's very rare that this team wins 90 plus games. This one might do both, and nobody seems to give a damn, and it's right. it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, and that's the thing. is You're right. All of the futility and the failure and the disappointment, it would seem to me that when a team is on the precipice of not being a failure, that you would want to be a part of that ride, not just jump on the ride when the, when the car rolls up, that you'll want to wait in line and build the excitement. Yeah, I mean, I get the sense that people are – interested in this team to the extent that you see on social media you know the television ratings for NBC Sports Philadelphia have been pretty strong so it's not that people aren't paying attention but are people willing to make a five-hour commitment uh and a a financial commitment on top of it to go down there and I, I think I heard you guys talking right at the start here saying you know as a player you look out there and you gotta go like what's what's going on here and I I feel like that's probably got to be the case i mean the one thing that you always hear is like oh philadelphia fans are so passionate they love a winner uh you know they're the best and you know philadelphia fans are are great fans and you know but i have to say like if i were a player on the 2022 philadelphia phillies i'd say we're 14 games over 500 we're on our way to the playoffs where is everybody we're sitting and visiting with Bob Wankel here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Well, if they were there last night, Bob, they would have seen Edmundo Sosa, of all people, save the day. I mean, and Gil and I talked about this earlier in the program that Rob Thompson went with his gut and decided, you know what, he was going to have Bryson Stott be there. He went with Sosa again. Sosa two for two, the home run, and then that play, that Ozzie Smith kind of play, if you saw that last night. I mean, uh, a guy like Sosa is saving their bacon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what good teams do, right? I mean, like when you when you talk about teams that make the postseason, they get contributions from unexpected sources. Like, yes, you obviously have to have your best players perform at a high level, um, and that's happened to varying degrees throughout the course of the season for this team. Very rarely, all at the same time, but they've gotten some some significant role player contributions from guys like Edmundo Sosa, and you know, last night 
and on Tuesday night, if they don't get those contributions, they probably don't win either game. I mean, and that does kind of draw back where I say, like, it's unfair to criticize the, you know, or it's unfair when you look at this fan base not really buying into the Phillies. But at the same time, they played bad baseball last week. And these first two games against the Marlins, it's not like you're watching it and going like, wow, this is this is some pretty compelling baseball. It's pretty sloppy, and they've been <laughs> yeah. lucky to survive. Hey, what's your thoughts on what he's going to do with Sosa? I mean, is this a straight platoon? Uh, does he does he play him until he gets cold? I mean, Bryson Stott hits better against lefties than he does righty, yet he's sitting on the bench for a couple days in a row. Is it sending a bad message to a young player? What, what, what is your take on this whole Sosa-Stott thing that's uh, emerging all of a sudden? Yeah, it's kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, Bryson Stott's the guy that, as I was watching last week unfold, I said, you know, if nothing else, at least Bryson Stott looks ready for this. Like, he looks like one of a few guys that really is, has kind of held his own here and has played pretty well over the last four or five weeks for this team. Um, you know, I have to say, they will probably ride a hot hand to whatever degree that they can. Uh, the offense is scuffling a little bit right now. So... Uh, that being said, we don't have a lineup yet for tonight's game. I would be surprised if Amundo Sosa's in that lineup. Um, I, I would think against Alcantara that you probably won't see Sosa again until maybe uh, against Patrick Corbin, who I believe is scheduled to pitch for the Nationals on Friday night. So this might be a good opportunity to give him a breather as hot as he's been. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like that they may use him a little bit more than initially anticipated. And another guy that stepped up, Bob, has been Bailey Falter, and Gil and I go back and forth. I was at the game against the Mets. It was that day-night doubleheader. I was rolling my eyes because, I you know, I bought tickets. I'm not up there as a member of the media. I bought stinking tickets, and I'm like, Bailey Falter. And Gil, like, threw the evidence in my face like, you know he's been one of the hotter pitchers, right? You know he's been like a real gem for these guys. Well, what do they do with Bailey Falter when Eflin and Dominguez and everybody comes back and, and Zach Wheeler's back and you got these arms back what's the future for bailey falter yeah i mean he's acquitted himself quite nicely here he's given them some really important innings this this rotation's kind of been uh going through a little bit of a turbulent period lately and he's done a really nice job um you know this is a little bit before my time but i was talking to my father the other day and he says this bailey falter kid kind of gives me marty bystrom vibes oh, like wow, marty yeah. bystrom comes in in 1980 and and pitches some really significant games for the Phillies down the stretch and, and helps, you know, kind of catapult them into the postseason. And, I, you know, I don't want to say the 80 team is the, the 22 team or anything, but it sort of has that feel, this this young kid kind of coming out of nowhere, really giving them some quality innings here late in the season. So um, I would say keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on how Kyle Gibson pitches tonight. Keep an eye on how Noah Syndergaard throws his next couple times out. They have to ride their best options and if it ends up being Bailey falter out of the blue then i think that they're going to do it uh bob wankel crossing broad um what's going on with dominguez eflin kind of give us um read the tea leaves on what's happening these next couple days here yeah so i believe both of these guys are going to throw again and it looks like you know it, i think that the expectation at this point is that both pitchers will be back uh, sometime before the final half of this month. I, I think you could see both of these players on the roster in the next seven days or so, and maybe uh, sooner in the case of Sir Anthony Dominguez. So uh, I, I think that it's trending in a positive direction. I think Zach Eflin would be used in a bullpen role. Um, I think that that's certainly where that's trending at this point. And you need Sir Anthony Dominguez back. You know, I, you can make an argument 
Uh, and I know once you get into the postseason, like, it's all about the starting pitchers. Uh, but if, if they don't have Sir Anthony Dominguez and they, they get decent starting pitching in a postseason series, I think they're in a lot of trouble. That bullpen right now, which had been so good for two and a half months, has really struggled over the last couple of weeks. And it just feels like not only have they had to throw more innings because the starters have been bad, but they're just leaking some oil. You know, I think that they kind of overperformed for a while. And they're starting to revert back now, regress back, and they need another viable late inning guy back there. Um, anybody ask? I don't. I mean, I didn't watch every post game, so I don't know. But are you? Did anybody ask Thompson why Harper is in the four spot? Yeah, I mean, so what they want to do is they they want to lengthen out the the run production, uh, you know, run potential for for a Harper in that four spot, but. You know, I, I think you and I have had have had conversations about lineup construction, and I've always been quick to say, like, I don't know, you know, how much does lineup construction truly matter? You know, you, you have guys that are playing well. You have guys that are producing at the plate. It'll all kind of shake out. But it's been hard to watch Kyle Schwarber hit near the top of this order uh, for, for a while now. And, you know, before it was like you got to get him out of there because of the power of production, because he's been so good. You want to maximize that that opportunity in the middle of the lineup. Now it's, he's been so unproductive that, you know, do you really want him as a, as a table setter at this point? And so I really think that they need to shake something up. And quite frankly, Bryce Harper has not driven the baseball on a consistent basis since he's come back. So, you know, I kind of wonder if, if he's just going to be a, a good hitter, aren't you better off hitting him third and, and kind of using him more of in a table setting fashion as well? Uh, Bob Wankel crossing broad. Gibson Alcantara tonight. Phillies are going to win this series. They'll get the Nationals here, then the Marlins again. They got. I said seven out of nine, man. They got to get at least seven out of nine here because that stretch after that, that could be the doomsday. If you don't get seven out of nine, that Braves-Blue Jays nine-gamer, that one could be the one that puts your uh, proverbial fan base on ice. All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Yeah, Bob Wankel, Crossing Broad. Make sure you follow him at Bob Wankel CB and get all his Phillies thoughts and analysis. When we come back, Johnny Max in the house. The Eagles are here with Mike Quick, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick on Sunday. BT is going to be uh, leading in on Sunday's edition of the Locker Room 10 to 12. And then it's uh, the Eagles Radio Network pregame show followed by the Eagles and the Lions right here on 97.3 ESPN. The all-time series, Philadelphia owns an 18-16-2 record, and they are 8-6-2 on the road, 3-2 at Ford Field, going back to 1933. Eagles, Lions, this Sunday, right here on 97.3 ESPN. The latest from Eagles practice today with John McMullen next. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Johnny Max back here in the house. Huddle up, folks. It's time for the Caesars Sportsbook Report. First things first. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app. Use my promo code RADIOFULL. And then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If not, you get to take your stake back as a free bet. It's open to new users in New Jersey who are 21 or older. If qualifying bet loses, bet amount will be returned to you as a credit. Must use within 14 days. 
See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. You bet you get your first chance to bet tonight. The kickoff of the NFL season, Bills-Rams tonight right here on 97.3 ESPN, which means, PT, it's the start of the fantasy football season. So if you have a fantasy football question for our fantasy fix with Sky Guasco, who's back for his second season with us, send in a text 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973. Use the text or the free mobile app and message us your fantasy football questions If you're listening on the app, hit the Message Us button and leave us your fantasy football questions for Sky Guasco, who's coming up a little bit later on the show. We're actually trying to nail down the time for Sky. He's on the West Coast, so uh, it's a little... Is he uh, dreaming of Californication? I don't know if you heard that (laughs) underneath you or not, but... uh, Well, he's he's California dreaming on such a winter's day. Uh, My girlfriend's in California. She said it's like 95 degrees out there today. Oh, I saw some stuff the other day that said like 103, 104. They were complaining. That was... That's too hot for the Californians, they thought. And I'm thinking myself like go to florida you know what it is in florida right now i mean come on no i don't like the uh the heat man i uh i'm, I'm okay with the weather like we have the today tropical heat i don't know about you the weather we have today is, is perfect. nice it's yeah, perfect really good low humidity sunshine that's fine look I, i'd go to san diego tomorrow if i could it just wouldn't have the same feel now, as you could pick one place to live where would it be i just nailed it i just said it san diego that's it's, where you would it's go 70 degrees and sunny every day you would want to live there though i would absolutely want to live there in this day and age where you can connect and watch all your games i absolutely would want to live there it would be hard to get to a you know Lincoln financial field for a monday night football game but do you think they have school out there yeah do i think people show up no no they're actually like top five in attendance they are right now uh san diego is yeah well that's because they they're finally poised to make a run they think finally poised well they have let their fans down many times too and their fans are buying in apparently and their star player let them down too right somebody talked about the uh the ballpark you know wearing off like the the allure of the yeah that was and i thought it was uh, crossing broad did a big thing on that right that the because did you see by the way that jerry seinfeld is blaming the the trumpet stuff for why the mets have gone in the tank and allowed the Braves to catch him. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Jerry Seinfeld said, like, it was a gimmick. They shouldn't be celebrating. Right, right. You, you, haven't, you, haven't, won it. you haven't won anything yet. What are you celebrating? You know, I thought that was great. Yeah, well, the um, I talked about this yesterday, how the Mets have kind of, you know, now they won last night, and I think they're back a, a game or so um, in the standing. So, all right, we'll see. But it's football season. Back tonight, it's uh, – Good game, by the way. Bills and Rams. Now, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, PT. A lot of people are picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. They were number one in my fine five yesterday. So let's talk a little football, a little Eagles, a little NFL with John McMullen. He's the host of Birds 365 weekday mornings at 8 a.m. to 10 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And, of course, let's take a look at what's going on with the Eagles and the Lions. Johnny Mack, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're all good, and uh, we now got the football season back tonight. Let's start with that real quick. Who is John McMullen's pick to be the Super Bowl champions this season? Yeah, I picked the Bills and 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I, I never you like the Niners, the huh? Winner. Yeah, I do because I, you know, my theory on the Niners is. Very similar to the Eagles. I think that's what the Eagles should build their sort of template on. 
Um, they have a very good roster. Um, they didn't have a great quarterback. They've already made a run. They've made one Super Bowl. Uh, probably should have won that one, by the way. They outplayed Kansas City for the majority of it. Fell apart late. Um, and, you know, if our old friend for a month, Joukowsky Tart, made a simple interception last year, they would have went back again with a bad quarterback. So they're a very good football team. I have no idea if Trey Lance can play. It's not a, a, a – but I do think he's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, so that's sort of my thought process behind the 49ers. The Bills, everybody knows they're talented. They should have beaten Kansas City last year in the playoffs. And I blame Sean McDermott for that one. But, you know, it was a devastating loss. That that get, The one part that gives me pause with Buffalo is that, the fact that that loss was so devastating. Um, can they bounce back from it? Um, they're the most talented team, so I'm going to. I'm going to sort of lean on talent there. Interesting, because your NFC Super Bowl entry, I don't have making the playoffs because I don't think Lance can do it. I, I just don't know. He maybe is an upgrade. I just don't think the kid's ready to play at this level. I mean, the guy's played, what, one well, game that's, that's in the possible, last four years? Then, then that's possible, but then you go back to Garoppolo, and you've already proven you can make deep runs with Garoppolo. So uh, they were able to, to work that out with him, so... I, I think either way they're going to make the playoffs. I think, you know, it's very similar to when Jim Harbaugh was there and they were winning a lot of games with Alex Smith and, and all of a sudden Alex Smith got hurt um, and Harbaugh went to Kaepernick and they made the run to the Super Bowl. I thought he was crazy because they won so many games with Alex Smith, but he knew they had a ceiling with Alex Smith and he pulled the trigger and it worked out at least in the short term. Um, I think a similar thing's going to happen. You know, Kyle Shanahan can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. He says it public. It's not amazing, actually. He, he let the air out of the football in the playoffs en route to the Super Bowl because he couldn't stand his quarterback. But again, I think people forget he made the Super Bowl with that quarterback. So how bad can Trey Lance be? Good question. Good point. Um, I My reaction would be, I think not ready. That, I don't know how bad that means, just not ready maybe. I don't know. So uh, that's tonight, of course, Bills and Rams. The defending Super Bowl champs, uh, John, are not getting a lot of attention. Why? Well, I think people kind of default to it's very difficult to repeat, which is true. I, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is that uh, Matthew Stafford's been dealing with some elbow issues. I think uh, that factors into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rams are, are being ignored a little bit too much. Uh, you know, a lot of people around here think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I, I can't say the Eagles are better than the Rams. I can't say the Eagles are better than Tampa Bay. I can't say the Eagles are better than Green Bay. So I, I still kind of default to those three plus San Francisco as the top teams in the NFC. And then you have that second group, which I would put the Eagles in, trying to to fight to get into that first tier. I will say it's more open. Uh, there's they're not probably as dominant as as the top teams in the AFC. So I think if you're in the AFC, it's a much tougher road to go. 
I think all the top teams in the NFC have some obvious holes and obvious deficiencies, and that's why Eagles fans should get excited. But uh, I, I think the hype has reached uh, uh, over. And, and Jason Kelsey kind of went that down that route, and I was happy he did it. Uh, and, he, and he brought along the expletives to get his point across. Um, and, you know, people are really hyped up about this team. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe it works, but I, I think they're skipping some steps, uh, to put it mildly. John, uh, one of the things I found interesting today, uh, Jeff Stoutland mentioned that he thought Landon Dickerson was the most improved guy, and really that it wasn't even close. And I'm wondering from you, how good was he last year? And if he is the most improved guy, what does it mean for the left side of that offensive line? Yeah, I mean, he's just a really good player. I, I think Jeff's point, you know, he, he, he just, I think people forget, he just started practicing about this time last year. He's coming off the torn ACL, um, and if you remember when he was thrown in there when Brandon Brooks first got hurt at right guard, it, it wasn't pretty, um, and, it, and he slowly got better, uh, and he really took off when um, he had to move to left guard uh, because Isaac Samalo got hurt, uh, and, and then as you got to the second half of the season, you could really see uh, what type of player he could be. Now he's completely healthy. Uh, he's got a, a training camp under his belt for the first time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why the Eagles think Isaac Samalo. You probably heard Stout talk about him, too. Stout loves Isaac. I mean, he loves him. And they still uh, weren't going to move Landon Dickerson, even though he sort of while he pipped Isaac guard. Uh, and, and part of it is Isaac's versatility, and, and they think he can play anywhere. And he has been good at right guard, at least in camp, and, and I think he'll be fine. But they were not moving Landon Dickerson, and, and the reason why is because they see what everybody else sees, and that's about 700 pounds on the left side just wearing people down. Um, and it's, you know, they're very young players too. So uh, if everything stays, um, you know, if everybody stays healthy uh, and, and on point, Jordan Mylotta and Landon Dickerson are, are, are going to be a good tandem for a very long time. Sounds like this show, PT, about 700 pounds. That's what it is. <laughs> John McMullen <laughs> with us here talking Eagles football. is uh, The home, or the opener is almost here. And, John, uh, you know, uh, not just where he went to school. I'm high on Cam Jurgens for other reasons as well. The Eagles are high on Cam Jurgens for a lot of reasons. And it sounds like they might, you know, obviously, if Kelsey's at center, where does Jurgens play? They, they might try to cross-train him. Is that correct? Yeah, they're going to try to cross-train him at guard a little bit, and that was the plan over the summer, but they couldn't get to it because Jason had the elbow surgery, so they had to uh, keep Cam and Stenner, and that was one of the, um, you know, sort of under-reported parts of, of Jason Kelsey. I, I think everybody understood he was going to be back for week one, but it did affect the overall plan. Uh, because he had to have that surgery, and part of that plan was to get Cam Jurgens some reps at, at guard to see how he could handle that. Because, and, and Stout mentioned, you know, that year when they had about eight guys on injured reserve, so they've been through it before, where they had injury after injury after injury. Um, 
and they want uh, the backups to cross train uh, uh, as much as possible uh, and be able to play as many positions as possible. Uh, and and they got a late start, uh, and, and they got a late start at two positions, not only uh, center but left tackle because Andre Dillard uh, was entrenched as the backup, and all of a sudden he gets hurt very late in the process. He's not going to be available for four games, and now all of a sudden they got to cross-train Jack Driscoll and try to get him up to speed, and, and they weren't really doing it during the summer because of the presence of Andre Dillard. So, um, you know, it's it's sort of the part of the issue with the new NFL. You don't have a ton of time, so you you can't do everything you want to do in training camp. And it looks like uh, they still have confidence, though, in Lane Johnson. They've apparently restructured his contract again to try and make numbers work and serve him the money, but also uh, have the money to sprinkle around in other places, too. Yeah, that's become annual tradition. Uh, yeah, Howie always does that. I, I think there's a, a misconception, uh, though. Uh, most, you know, everybody uh, I'll see on Twitter, they'll say, oh, Lane's such a great guy for restructuring. It's really not up to the player. Um, you know, most modern contracts have it uh, built in that the, the Eagles can simply uh, do that when they need to do that, and and that's sort of the case here. And they basically been doing it year after year after year. Now, from the player standpoint, it doesn't matter because they're getting their money up front, so it's actually better for them. Uh, so there's no concern from that standpoint as well. But yeah, it's a typical Howie Roseman trick. He's been doing it for years, um, and the Eagles didn't have a ton of cap space uh, going into the season. And you always want a little buffer zone. I think when this kind of stuff happens, people think, what's going to happen? Are they going to trade for somebody? Now, you always want sort of a buffer uh, in case you do have to do something down the line. It might be a trade a trade deadline. It might be an extension. Uh, it might be something like that in-house. They extended, you know, go back to last season. It was Jordan right before the start of the season. Jordan Milana, then it was... Um, Josh Schwett, then it was Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox. Um, so it could be something like that. It, it could be uh, a trade at the trade deadline. It could be just rolling it over for next year. That's how he works in two or three year increments. Um, and it's something he does every single year. It's just a matter of which players it's going to be. And to this time it was Lane and Jake Elliott as hey, well. Real quick, John, if it, it's better for the players. They get their money up front as opposed to, like, why don't Moore actually say, I, I, I'd rather have that uh, situation? Because it's not it, it, it's not up to the player. Uh, it's up to the team. So, it, it's in other words, the team can convert a salary into a signing bonus for cap relief if they want. Um, and if they don't want to, they won't. So, it, you know, the players, yeah, by and large, they don't care. Most of them, not all. I imagine there's a few who'd rather have it, you know, rather be more disciplined. Uh, but most would rather have it up front. Um, but it's not up to them. It's up to the team. So if the Eagles didn't need some cap space for some uh, buffer, they wouldn't have done it. And it's not like Lane can go in and say, I suppose he can say it, but you know, they don't have to do it. 
Uh, so it's, it's sort of a one-way street. It's up to the team. Uh, if they want the room, they can convert it to a salary to a roster bonus or a signing bonus and, and bang to have cap room. John, you talked a minute ago about Jurgens, about uh, the, some of the cross-training that they're doing. You know, the Eagles, uh, a lot of people think they have one of the better, if not the best, offensive line in football, so you don't want to get to those backups per se. But my question that pops in my head is this. Of the backups, who has impressed you the most so far? Um, that's a good question because I haven't been – impressed with Jack Driscoll. I thought, you know, that he was a little bit of a disappointment this summer. Uh, I thought he was better at right guard last year than he was at right tackle this year. Now they're trying to cross-string him at left tackle. Um, it probably Cam. I mean, Cam was really good uh, replacing Jason Kelsey in, in practice in preseason as a rookie. Uh, Suo Pettis, very good against the run, uh, tends to have a little, um, uh, uh, little problem in pass protection. Andre Dillard wasn't that great, uh, before he got hurt. Um, so when, when we talk about the Eagles depth and that's significant depth, don't get me wrong. Um, but you're right, Pete, saying, Look, those guys are better. What you're saying is those guys are better than if other teams. Look at Detroit. Detroit, Frank Ragnow didn't practice today. Uh, they lost uh, Halapuli Bati uh, to yes. IR. Um, and, you know, they have a top 10 offensive line. People don't know that when they're healthy because uh, Ragnow is one of the best centers in football. Uh, he was hurt last year when the Eagles played uh, uh, them as well. They have Panay Sewell, who everybody knows, is top ten pick. He's very talented. They have Taylor Decker, who's a former first round pick, who's very good. Uh, uh, their guard is very good. They have a really, really good offensive line when they're healthy, and uh, they're probably they're, they're definitely not going to have Vitae. They might not have Ragnow, who I, I believe did not practice today, and all of a sudden it falls off the table. The Eagles have competency behind uh, their starting offensive line. But you don't want to see Jack Driscoll in the game for Jordan Mailata. You don't want to see Jack Driscoll in the game for Lane Johnson. You don't want to see Sua Opeta in the game for Landon Dickerson. Uh, so it, it depends how you sort of frame it. All right, John McMullen, Birds 365, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., They'll have more on this Eagles-Lions matchup, of course. You can check that out on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And, of course, John McMullen right here on the Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN. All right, John, take care, bud. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Eagles-Lions, you can hear the game right here on 97.3 ESPN. Merrill Reese, Mike Quick. The pregame coverage starts at noon. The game is at 1. And, of course... We have it for you here on 97.3 ESPN. Absolutely, Mike. Sports Bash brought to you by the Gallery Bar, Book, and Games and Ocean Casino Resort. Get your game on at the Gallery Bar, Book, and Games at Ocean Casino Resort this football season. Cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery in Ocean Casino Resort for the win. For more information, visit Ocean, theoceanac.com. You must be 21 or older to play gambling problems. Call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right. Uh, speaking of gambling, how about a couple of bets? How about a couple of big bets? How about a couple of winners? Jeff Nadeau from Barstool Sports 
is with us coming up on the other side. Gives us his thoughts on all the games that he likes to play this weekend. He had a nice weekend last week. If you're following his blog at Barstool Sports, I think he was 3-1 and one on the college games. He'll give you his favorite plays coming up next here on the Sports Bash. Now, ESPN. Sports Badge, we are at Chickies and Pete's at the Tropicana in Atlantic City. We'll be here every Thursday. Well, one Thursday a month, we're at the EHT Chickies and Pete's. Three Thursdays a month, we're at the AC Chickies and Pete's. That's where we are to kick off the season today. It is Bills and Rams. You can hear it tonight on 97.3 ESPN. Jeff Nadeau's back for another season, and you can check him out over at barstoolsports.com for all of his thoughts on the college game, the NFL. He'll have his college basketball podcast coming up. He'll tell you more about that. Uh, and he's got so much going on that the football season's back, man. Jeff Nadeau, what's up, brother? How are you, Mike? Nice to see you as always. I'm What's always good on? to have you. It's always nice to uh, talk a little football and, and get your thoughts on the bets. We got the game tonight, the NFL game. I would imagine the public's going to be all over this. Their first opportunity to lock something in. So any interest in Bills Rams to kick off the season? Yeah, I mean, the volume on this game is is wild. <laughs> I mean, obviously, as, as I think everybody knows, Mike, I mean, but you know, when you look at this game, I mean, the whole world's on the Bills. Um, I have some questions. Okay, Mike, I'll be honest. I love the Bills. I'm going to think long-term. They're very good. and They're probably the best team in the NFL. But coming into the season, there's some questions. They've got a couple interesting issues on the offensive line, You know, certain guys being plugged in. And look, against a Ram defensive line that's one of the best in the NFL, I've got some major questions. Throwing the fact that Tredavious White starts the season on the PUP list, they thought he might be ready for the season. Now you look all of a sudden – Kair Elam, the rookie, going to start at left corner. Right corner is Dane Jackson, a guy that has kind of moved around the NFL. Um, I have some question marks. If you're going to give me three points, two and a half points with the home team here in the Rams, I'm going to lean that way. We all know how good Matthew Stafford is. We know how good this receiving core is. I've gotten some flack because I think Cooper Cup is the best receiver in football. He just is. I don't know what else to say, but if you're going to give me three, two and a half points here, I'd like to see if this number gets a three because I think that's kind of a obviously a big thing here. But I don't know if it will. I doubt, I doubt it will. That's a huge move. So I'm going to lean on the Rams here. I think they get it done tonight at home. Hey, keep in mind, Jeff, another part of this Bills thing is they had that heartbreaking loss last year in the playoffs. You know, how does that affect them in the bounce back here? You know, they got the, the spotlight on this game to start the season off. The last time they were in the spotlight, they kind of choked that game away. Yeah, uh, you know, it, you're right. And that's the thing. Look, I love Josh uh, Allen. We all know how good they are. But remember, look, they, they have a guy in Gabe Davis who, you know, see the second uh, option there is spent, uh, you know, is Diggs a guy that obviously can continue his play. We know he's one of the better players in football. But all this stuff hinges on the fact, can you block up front? You know, right tackle could be concerning tonight with this Spencer Brown. I mean, he's a, a guy they just you know picked up in in the draft last year. He's going to come in and basically play right tackle, first career start. Um, that could be concerning. That's a bad idea sometimes when you have games of this magnitude. So I've got some question marks here. Uh, by the way, the line is two and a half Buffalo right now minus. 
two and a half over under 52 that's from caesar's sportsbook on that one so uh, you might be able to find it here and there at a couple of different numbers uh but uh it sounds like jeff you like the rams tonight uh in the opener let's go to the sunday slate real quick and get a couple quick nfl thoughts we'll go with eagles lions minus four philadelphia on the road over under 48 and a half yeah, look, Mike, I mean, you know, I'm pretty upfront when it comes to the Eagles. I, I try to maintain, you know, a certain level of, of, of kind of in the middle. And, and look, if they don't play well, I'll tell you, I'm very excited for this season. In fact, I don't know of a season I've been more excited for. On paper, it just seems like everything you're seeing down there, this team really seems to all be on the same page. There's no crazy uh, drama in the locker room. You don't have the Carson Wentz. A brigade that, that you know he's in, you know, involved with fights or something or, or 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 random articles being posted this just seems to be all on the right page and look i thought this line was a little low i'd put it higher i think the eagles are significantly better than the lions um look we know at times this group plays down to competition we all know of the games that we think are going to be 10 point wins and they're you know down by two or three with four minutes to go this screams blowout win and we remember what the eagles did last time they played detroit this is a very similar detroit team let's stop acting like this group should hang with the eagles they shouldn't the line's too low i think the true line should be closer to seven than four um this game screams 31 17 to me i think hurts plays well throws for a couple of touchdowns uh the defense i think is what i'm most excited about what do they do up front you know what does the secondary look like um I'm excited about it all. Uh, it sucks they start on the road, but I'm excited for Monday night when they play the Vikings in week two. It's the over-under of how many games you'll be at this year. I plan to be at all of them, Mike. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, have, yeah, I have season tickets. I, I think I was at seven of them last year, or whatever, however many there were. So, yeah, I'll definitely be at week one. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, th- this is a game that, you know, I think on paper, if the Eagles do what they need to do, uh, they will win, you know, by double digits. I think a lot of people are going to look at this game Sunday night, Mike, and say, damn, why didn't I play that game? All right. One game that kind of has my eye is uh, Chiefs Cardinals. Kansas City on the road is favored by six. They struggled a bit on the road last year. Is that number too high? You know, Mike, I'm still waiting for Kyler Murray. I'm still waiting for him to kind of do his thing and, and show out. Not that he hasn't. I think at times he's looked really good. Look, there's one thing about me. Look, if I don't like the Chiefs, I kind of just go the other way. Now, it is important to understand this group was not good as a favorite, particularly in the first half of the season last year. But once the season went on, I thought they got better defensively, and they really started kind of doing what they had to do uh, against the spread. Look, if I don't like the Chiefs, they just kind of go against uh, go against it and don't play the game. What will they look at without Tyree Kill? I think that's still a big question to this team, but – I think they still remain very good. They have a great quarterback. We all know they're going to average 27, 28 points a game. Look, if I'm looking at this game, I'd lean on maybe the Chiefs team total over. I don't think the Cardinals are very good defensively, particularly at the back. I think they struggle. We all know how uh, elite this Chief offense is. Patrick Mahomes continues his uh, terrific play. I I didn't have much in the game. I lean Chiefs. I lean uh, Chiefs teams all over. All right, before, uh, by the way, Jeff Nadu, uh, Barstool Sports. Check out his Barstool blog. He, uh, I think he's three and one on the blog so far for the college game. Before we jump to the college game, is there one other NFL play that's on your mind or, uh, do you not have a NFL favorite of the week? 
You know, Mike, I like the Browns, if, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, look, I get they're not going to have Deshaun Watson. I'm fully aware of that. I get what's going on here. But I think we need to stop acting like Carolina is going to be any good. I, I mean, That's this an is even a bad, number, right? That number's even. Yeah, this is a bad roster uh, at the end of the day. We still have to remember, Mike, the Browns still have the best offensive line in football. Okay, They still have weapons. They still have a pretty damn good defense. I'm still kind of wondering as to why, you know, I, I know it's a road game and, and look, I get the quarterback thing is not ideal, but I still think the Browns have success without Watson. I really do. I think they're better than the Panthers. I just do. Um, I still don't think the Panthers are a team that should be a favorite really at any level. I think they're a bad team. Matt Rule is, is a coach to me that I think is on his way out. And I think by next year he'll be back in college. All right, Jeff, let's go to the college game. Right off the bat, Alabama 20 screams at me. I mean, is Texas ready for that level? Are they back to that point? That number 20 is a big number on the road for Alabama, but is Texas ready for that level yet? Yeah, but, Mike, when you look at their roster, they have surely are ready. They get five-star recruits, too, at Texas. Okay, Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback prospect in the country. So uh, they get high-level recruits. This number's too high to me, Mike. Sorry. I'd put the number at, like, 16. I think if you're going to give me 20 at home – Mike, there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. This is the first non-conference road game for Alabama since 2011. (laughs) Usually these these kind of weeks are set for teams like Kent State and Furman and teams like that. They don't go on the road very often. Also remember, Mike, this is the biggest game at Texas in a very long time. In fact, you have to go back to the Gerald Ford administration the last time they were this big an underdog at home. This is a lot of points to give to what I think a very good offense. An offense that can hang with Alabama. I truly believe it. What does Alabama care much about this game? The the job for Alabama is to go in and beat a good football team. Do I think they do it by three touchdowns? I'm curious, Mike, if we see a 21 in this game. I think it would be very interesting if we do. I don't think we will. I think this number is going to stay right where it is. Another game of public's going to be on Alabama. Sharps will be on uh, Texas. I like Texas. I think this game is like – 38-24, 38-24, something like that. 38-24, Texas, minus 20. The do like Texas plus there. 20, plus 20, plus 20. Plus, oh, my bad. Yeah, plus Texas is plus 20, Alabama's favorite. My bad. Um, all right, one, uh, a couple others in the college game that are juicy. What about Pitt, Tennessee? Pitt's at home, back-to-back weeks. Tennessee, minus 6 at Pitt. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee, Mike, is a team that I guess I think on offense they're top five in the country. I think this is a really good offense. Their Much coaches, better. yeah, their coach is Josh Heupel, who used to be at Central Florida. They had some big offenses down there. Um, this offense will score forty a game. That's what they're going to do. I was really, really disappointed with what Pitt's defense looked like. JT Daniels kind of did whatever he wanted uh, for West Virginia, and Hendon Hooker is going to do a lot worse. I have a feeling to Pitt. That being said. The one issue I have with Tennessee year after year, Mike, is they can't stop a nosebleed. It's just that simple. Uh, Keaton Slovis is a good quarterback. This should be a back-and-forth duel. Um, I kind of lean over to, to me. This screams first to 35 wins. Um, Tennessee, 
I think you have to remember, Mike, we can't completely look uh, to what we saw last week. Tennessee looked good on defense, but they played a quarterback at Ball State who never started in college football. So I think people are going to be pulled the wool over with their defense, but they're not a good defense. I'd lean over in this game. All right. Uh, Jeff Nadeau is uh, Barstool Sports. You can, of course, check out his Barstool Sports blog and uh, get some of his favorite plays of the week. We'll do a couple more here on the college side uh, before we get on out of here. And you like over Tennessee Pitt, Texas plus the 20. Uh, the last one that I've got to throw your way is last week we saw Miami score 70. They're 25-point favorites over Southern Miss. That's a Saturday afternoon game. So Miami back or is 25 too much? Yeah, they were the biggest favorite on the board last week, Mike, against Bethune-Cookman and, and rolled. Um, I lean over. I feel like Southern Miss can do some stuff in the fourth quarter to maybe get this number over. Miami's going to score a lot of points this year. Tyler Van Dyke is a really good quarterback. They're back from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, Your guess is as good as mine if they're going to figure it out defensively. Uh, I feel like, though, they win going away here, you know, 48-21 or something, something like that. I kind of lean over. It's not a game that really jumped off the card to me. Um, but you know, I, I, Miami's really good on offense. All right. Uh, Jeff Nadu, follow him at Jeff Nadu on Twitter. Barstool Sports is uh, Barstool Sports blog. Uh, what else you got going on? Yeah, I'll just, Mike, if I can, just one other thought. Um, Army has a really good spot here against Texas-San Antonio. Texas-San Antonio coming up an overtime loss to Houston, a game they probably should have won. Now you got to make the trek from San Antonio way up to Mickey Stadium up at West Point. Not a great game here in Week 2. You do not want to face a triple option uh, in Week 2 of the season. Just a disastrous spot here for the Roadrunners. Um, I kind of like the over as well. Anytime Army plays against a quality quarterback, I fade and play the over. Uh, they can't defend these high-end quarterbacks. Frank Harris can move the ball over 54.5. This number should be high 50s to me, not mid-50s. Um, as far as what I have going on, I actually have a lot going on coming up, Mike. Um, I'm moving the sit-down to be under the Barstool Sports Network. It's going to be a much bigger show. Um, I'm also working on the College Hoop show, as you know about. And I'm also working on a solo gambling show that's going to be out once a week. So I have a lot going on as well as the blogs I'm writing. I'm trying to stay busy. But, Mike, the sit-down I'm trying to take to be one of the biggest crime podcasts out there. So a lot going on. All right. Check that out. The sit-down, a very intricate, interesting uh, podcast that's uh, unlike any other out there. So check that out. Barstool Sports, Jeff Nadu. Thursdays right here. He gives you Army over, Miami over, Tennessee over, Texas plus 20. And then he likes the Rams tonight, Eagles big, Kansas City team total over, and the Browns. Where, well. where are you at, Mike? I didn't catch you. Where are you at uh, today? I am at Chickies and Pete's in uh, Tropicana every Thursday for the football season. Oh, that's an old haunt of mine. Yeah, and Tropicana. I've been, I've been going there since I was very young. I love Tropicana is the most underrated casino in in the city of the Atlantic. Every Thursday here, right, and I, I can see the sports book from where we're sitting. Tomorrow, I'm over at uh, Ocean, the Gallery Bar Book, uh, and Monday we'll be back at Gallery because we're there every Monday. We weren't there because of the Labor Day, so we're doing Friday, Monday at Ocean. 
I've said before and I'll say it again, Atlantic City is the most underrated city in America. It does not get the respect it deserves. It's a beautiful place driving over the bridge and heading into the shore. It's underrated and you people are, are gems for getting to live there every day. So uh, have fun, Mike. Appreciate Gamora. It. Oh, if you watch it, yeah, Mike. No, but I saw you tweet about it the other day. <laughs> well, Mike, I try to put you on a TV, but you don't watch. I mean, what do you want from me? Uh, no, I, I wrote it down. I got it. It's just I, I don't have uh, HBO. I, I gave him. Well, I shouldn't say this, but I, I could help you with the login. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll get your people and my people together. <laughs> all right. Jeff Nadeau, Barstool right. Sports. Take care, man. All right, there's uh, awesome. Jeff to I do. could help you. Like, <laughs> I could help you with the login. Like, yeah. in other words, he, I shouldn't say this on the radio, but yeah. I could give you my account. Well, I, I tell you, for some reason, I now have HBO. So you were watching Last Curb. Last night I was watching Curb. Well, and that's what I said. I said, I got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Like, for so, instance. Something happened so last night. So last night we had the fantasy football draft. Yeah. Which I admit I was not all that like excited about. I, I don't really want to do more than one league anymore. I getting... thought that was your form of protest. You no. being on auto draft. No, that's... I would not. I'm not the guy that's going to sabotage a draft. Like if I'm in it, I'm in the league. So you could like, argue my point that is you this. didn't sabotage it. My, we, my we point is you, well, I, I, you can't let someone auto draft. You have to at least reach out to them. My point is this. So <laughs> I'm not even in a fantasy league. My cousin called me to try to find a guy that's in their league because he wasn't at the draft. They're like, dude, do you know where this guy is? Right. I'm like, I'm not even in the league. Right. But they were trying every way possible to try to find this guy. Uh, I typed out a text message to you last night, and I did not hit send because I thought this is something he's doing purposely. No. And this is part of his strategy, and he cares so little about this league that he's going to auto-draft and win the league with auto-drafted players. So I just not didn't, my plan at all. I just did not text you. I'm I apologize, and I'm not the commissioner. I'm disappointed that nobody reached out to me to remind me. Hey, man, draft starting. Where are you? That's number one. Number two. At nine o'clock, I said, "Oh man, I forgot about the draft." And then you made some picks. No, I went in, and it was already over. <laughs> I said, "What kind of draft lasts an hour?" Yeah, now it went like it was like eight to nine eleven. Yeah, it went fast. Well, yeah, the time no, it was like nine oh six when I went in. It was, it was only over. a minute between picks, not a minute thirty. It went fast. If you weren't ready to go, boy, well, how many people were in the draft last night? Uh, everybody but you. <laughs> I was no. Somebody else had a not draft. Uh, Josh would know the answer to that better. But I, I'm telling you, I kept thinking like, boy, this must be some interesting strategy or some radio topic that he's going to do. More sports bash coming up. Now back to more on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey sports leader. All right, Sports Pass Live at Chickies and Pete. You can watch the game here tonight. Kickoff at 8.20. You can listen to it on 97.3 ESPN. So, <laughs> I'd like to hear some response from the I'm, listeners I'm already chuckled here, by the way, because I know where you're going. Like, who doesn't call you? Right. I thought so about who's it. So, in the wrong? I, I, look, I'm admitting that I forgot. So, right. And I also admit that I wasn't all that excited to do it. But I also am not the guy... Who was like, hey, you guys can't find someone. Well, I don't want to do it. Let's go find someone else. Like, yeah, I was, like you would do. No, no, what are you talking? That, that was three years ago, and you're still making me pay for that. Okay, I mean, well, I'm just saying, I I'm wouldn't in. let the league die because I decided I didn't want to do it, which I didn't want to do it, but I still was willing to keep the league alive. That being said, 
Did anybody think like, hey, man, he's not here. Should we text him? I'd like to hear some sort of explanation from the jury here. Well, I thought of you, and I thought that knowing Gil, this is some sort of crazy strategy where he's auto-drafting on purpose, and he's going to say, this is how I think of this league. I'm going to auto-draft, and I'm still going to kick your rear end. No. I figured that's what you were doing. And Well, you I, still could have texted me, and I could have thrown back at you, PT, I don't want to do this. Man. I try not to text you when it's your time. Like, we spend four hours a day together, <laughs> and I get text messages from you. Hey, that's your time. This is my. I'm not bothered you during that time because inevitably, what would have happened, knowing my luck, is I would text you and say, "Do you mean to auto draft?" And you would shoot back something like, "Yes, PT. I'm not a moron. I know what's going on. Dismiss, dismiss. Beat up, beat up." And then I'd be like, "Oh, okay." And then I'd feel stupid for texting you, so I chose the option of not texting you at all. I'm sorry. All right, now, Josh, what is your excuse? <laughs> so. Your pick actually did not show up in the first round as an auto pick. It went the full one minute before the thing must have drafted. So I assumed, based on the fact that the screen did not have you labeled as auto pick, and it went the full one minute for your first round pick, I assumed that meant you were in the room. All right, and then what about the next round? Well, Yeah, that was a lot of auto Yep. Well, well, no, it was not, Pete. Don't don't exaggerate, okay? Just because you're sitting next to Mike doesn't mean you got to exaggerate, okay? It's not an exaggeration. I could so, see the grid up there. Michael, Susan's Michael so, was with me, and he's like, why is Gil auto-picking? And I go, I don't so know. So the second round, it showed his auto-pick. Now, a lot of times people come in and out of the room, and if you're out of the draft room long enough on ESPN, it'll just go auto-pick on the setting. So I didn't think about until a few rounds later that I realized that the thing was no longer going the full minute for you, Mike, that that meant that you were auto-picking. At that point, I thought maybe you got distracted, maybe you were doing something, because I was dealing with other people who were trying to... I mean, I had three people before the draft I was helping get into the room. Yeah, just say just say Schwein's yeah. name. You know that he was trying to help Schwein. Do Schwein's you want me to name the other two? Is that what we're trying to do, Pete? <laughs> no, I don't, but uh, Schwein for sure, we could name him. Well, He's, I was told that's today... That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I was told today by somebody else that there was like five people who auto-drafted. By the end, by the end of the draft, the last few rounds, it was a heavy auto-pick going well, on. listen... I know that being the commissioner is not a glamorous job. But it is also the job of the commissioner to make sure that everybody is at least alerted. That, hey, the draft is starting. Like I said, my buddy was in the draft. They didn't make it to the draft. They were calling me. I'm not even in the draft. They wouldn't start it until everybody was like, hey, we're here. We're ready to go. You can't have a draft with an auto draft. That's a Bush League. Listen, you, you a, I, you, you, your grade for last night is an F minus. That's Silence. fine. You, Silence. Listen, I've been I've been called worse on this on these radio airways by people, so it's it's whatever. Listen, Josh. I'm just I'm just grateful I found a way to get a minimum of ten people this year after That's having true. to yeah. work through some very bizarre maneuvers the last couple of years. And I was one of those ten that agreed to do it, even though I was not really excited. And I would have liked to have been reminded, hey, by the way, it's 8 o'clock. We're starting to draft. Are you ready? And I could have said, you know what? I'm going to auto-draft. Instead, I was into the Phillies game because I'm the one fan in the whole area that watches the game. Well, we and had I'm the excited. Phillies on. We were watching. I had the well, Phillies I said, on. I was watching the game, and I forgot about the time. 
And all of a sudden, I said, oh, I looked up the clock. I said, oh, God, it's 9 o'clock. I forgot about the draft. It was over. It was over. What do you think of your team? <laughs> it was pretty good, actually. <laughs> My team was pretty good. You you stole a couple people from other people who were getting mad yeah. at people you were picking. Oh, so yeah. that's why I thought, I'm like, Mike must be here because he's really pissing some people off over here. Yeah, you took Elijah Mitchell, uh, Josh. That was the one that uh, pissed off us, by What the kind way. of draft doesn't alert the rest of the people that, hey, man, it's a draft. As much as I didn't want to be in the league, I still enjoy drafting. I knew it was going on. I was ready to Thanks go. Thanks for the text. You're welcome. You'll Appreciate get nothing it. like it. Spalding. Football <laughs> at four, the Andrew DiCecco. <laughs> what matchups does he look at in this game coming up next here on the Sports Bash? 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with 97.3 ESPN.com's Andrew DeCecco. My first allegiance is what will be best for the Philadelphia Eagles and our fans for the next three, four, five years. Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios. It's football at four. Football at four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Andrew DeCecco's here. You can check out the Inside the Birds guys Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. The podcast drops. You go to InsideTheBirds.com and read the fantastic insight and analysis from Andrew DeCecco. By the way, people are weighing in on this fantasy draft <laughs> situation. And what are they saying? I'll get to it. Okay. Let's bring Andrew in. Keep playing in. And the Lions this Sunday. We're going to take a look at some of the matchups, how the, uh, Andrew sees some of these matchups here. You know, last year this game was 44-6. to six. Uh, How much are these rosters uh, closer or further apart from the game last year? Uh, we'll break it all down. We'll get Andrew's thoughts on these rosters coming up right now on Football at Four here on the Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. Andrew, the season is here. Football tonight. We got Eagles this weekend. Welcome back, my man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing today? All is good. Football tonight. Bills and Rams here on 97.3 ESPN. And obviously, football at four. We're taking a look at the Eagles and Lions. I want to get some thoughts from you. Uh, you know these two rosters so well. And uh, number one, let's start with the Lions. This was a 44-6 to game last year. The Eagles, that was the game that really turned their season around. They started to run the ball. They dominated up front. Uh, how much different is this Lions team than the one we saw? I think that was in week seven last year. Well, they're vastly different, and you, especially in the trenches, I would say. But also, they're, they they have a weapon in Amamra St. Brown, who's a good volume guy, a chain mover guy that, that Jared Goff can rely on over the middle. Uh, Josh Reynolds is there. I, I think a healthy DeAndre Swift is going to make a world of a difference in the, in the passing game especially. But he's also an explosive home run hitter, so he's going to be there as well. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, the, the first-round pick, of course, we're going to see what he's able to do. I mean, obviously, you don't want to set the expectations too high for what the first-round pick is going to do in his first NFL game. But you know, they've they've added a lot of key pieces, and they and they have a lot of uh, a lot of guys that are healthier now. And but it's also coming off that hard knocks, which sort of casts a dark cloud uh, over teams in the past. So we'll have to see how how it goes. But I think the Lions they they fight really hard for Dan Campbell, and they have a lot of guys that are healthy now. So I think it's going to be a little bit more 
uh, far more competitive than that 44-6 to outing that we saw on Halloween last year. I want to look at the Eagles' defense first and kind of get your thoughts on up front, how you envision uh, that front three, five, four, whatever they do, uh, how they affect this game this week. You just mentioned the Lions do have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, how do you see Philly's uh, front in this matchup? Well, I, I like the Eagles' front in virtually every game this season and because they just have the, the ability to affect in a, uh, affect the offensive line in a multitude of ways. I mean, you have Fletcher Cox, you have Javon Hargrave, you have Milton Williams who can play end-end tackle, Jordan Davis who, who can be a run-defending guy who's going to command a lot of attention. So, and, and we haven't even gotten to the end in Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham and uh, just their ability to just continuously apply pressure off the end and clean up from what those interior guys are going to be able to do. So I don't know that there's going to be any offensive line that's going to be flat out able to shut out this Eagles front. So I really like what they're going to be able to do. I think if there is a weak point in, the, in this line, I would, I would look at Tommy Kramer, who was an undrafted free agent last season, who's going to be their right guard. That would be one area that I would look at. Other than that, you know, I think that it's going to be um, – it's, you're going to see the, uh, the Lions' offensive line look a lot more formidable than it has in the past. Andrew, it's Pete Thompson. Uh, obviously, there's questions about Jonathan Gannon and what he can do now that he has allegedly all the pieces. And the linebacker position has changed a little bit. How do they change what Jonathan Gannon could do with this defense? Yeah, and we talked about he's and i think i've tweeted this before i'm, I'm going to be interested pete to see what i think adam's able to do now that he has the, the the personnel to you know you would think presumably to execute what he's looking to do what he envisioned doing when he took the job now when i look at the linebacker position you have kaiser white and tj edwards who are going to be your two stack linebackers and rightfully so they've put together a strong summer very consistent tj edwards obviously we, we've mentioned this before and we all know it he's more of a traditional rundown linebacker but he has shown a little bit more growth and development in his game a more well-rounded skill set enough so that i think he can be a three down linebacker an effective one at that kaiser white is a player that is very rangy and has these uh these skill sets that translate well to the current nfl landscape in that he can flow sideline to sideline he has good coverage acumen smart player flows to the football so i think he can actually lead the eagles in tackles this season wouldn't surprise me but having those two guys that have two vastly different skill sets enables the jonathan gannon to deploy his coverage to be take more liberties in his coverages and the defensive line is healthy and the rotation there so i think ideally in a perfect world you're going to see a lot more of a cohesive unit on all three levels that are able to sort of complement one another instead of having uh the 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 front uh, the defensive front have to make up for have to mask all the deficiencies on the back end and at the second level i think it's gonna be a lot more complimentary football and of course when we talk linebacker uh, the matchup issue is always well who's going to cover the tight end who who covers tj hawkinson who's a pretty good tight end is that a linebacker andrew or one of the safeties well, that's a great question, Pete. And, and in this situation, since we're talking about T.J. Hawkinson, who is athletic, but we're not talking about the upper echelon of athleticism, I think that you can get by with Kaiser White handling that responsibility. You might even I'm interested to see how they use the Kobe Dean, as a matter of fact, because uh, we all we all initially thought that Davion Taylor was going to be that third linebacker and and that coverage uh, specialist, so to speak, but. 
now Nicobe Dean bumps up the depth chart a little bit, so he may end up shouldering some responsibilities and coverage. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Pete, would be a guy that I think would ordinarily shoulder a lot of these responsibilities going against some of the more premier talents at the position. And he'll be vocal about it, too, right? That's yeah. everything we hear, him well, and Slay. You know, and real, talking. real quick on him, <laughs> Andrew, do you have some concern this week that he might not be up to speed? Do teams take a kind of shots at him knowing that he might not have the terminology? And you get that one play where, like, wait, I was supposed to do what? You know, like, do you think that the Lions should take shots at Gardner-Johnson? I think that they're going to try to, but, Mike, I think there's enough talent surrounding talent on that defense and the Lions aren't quite good enough to be able to even exploit any sort of uh, shortcomings that he may have in the early goings here. I mean, he's a smart player by all accounts, so I don't know that they're going to be able that there's going to be much there. I also think that they're going to be able to scheme around his, while he gets up to speed, I think they're going to be able to dumb it down for him a little bit and there's enough playmakers as we said, James Bradbury, Darius Slay and Vontae Maddox and and, and, and the defensive front that I think that it'll be able to, to sort of cover up for any any sort of uh, shortcomings that he may have. Hey, Andrew DeCecco's with us. Uh, check out InsideTheBirds.com, the Inside the Birds podcast, and the new Inside the Birds post-game show. You can get details on their website. Uh, they got a big post-game show that's happening this year after every Eagles game. And, Andrew, of course, football at four. Um, you, you mentioned uh, St. Brown, uh, who, by the way, on the last edition of – uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, apparently, he's a big art fan. He was in the middle of the art studio. That was a pretty cool room that they were in. But uh, yeah. would you say that um, he's their best receiving weapon? And if so, uh, Slay and Bradbury. Slay had a big game there last year. He had the interception return for a touchdown. Uh, would you really like the Eagles' ability in coverage against this wide receiving unit? I like the Eagles' uh secondary versus the Lions wide receivers because you don't have, the Lions don't really have an overly explosive weapon, right? Amara St. Brown is a volume-based receiver who has good short area quickness, is going to affect the short to intermediate areas of the field, but not someone that's certainly going to stretch them vertically or even threaten in that regard. And and DJ Chark is another player not not necessarily uh, known for his uh, for his downfield speed. That's not an element of his game that I, I would you know, worry about if I'm the Eagles, but um, Josh Reynolds is, a, is, a, is an alright player, but they just have a lot of guys that are solid football players, not game-breaking talent at that position. So, I think what they're going to try to do is get guys like DeAndre Swift involved in the passing game, TJ Hawkins over the middle, so you're going to see Kaiser White and, and the linebacker rotation, in my opinion, they're going to be that sort of is going to be put to the test early to see how they're able to defend those that, that short area of the field. Yeah, and you bring up DeAndre Swift, who, by the way, was a very popular player in our fantasy draft last night, but that's not important right now. The Lions finally have a very good running back for the first time since maybe Barry Sanders. How concerned should Gannon and the Eagles D be with DeAndre Swift? How much of a problem is he for that Eagles defense? Well, he can pose as a headache, Pete, for for any team if he's healthy and firing on all cylinders, which by all accounts – they're, they're trying to manage his workload and, and do things right, as I understand, to make sure that he's available for, I think he's only been available for uh, 26 uh, total games in his career. He's 13-13 and 13 his first two seasons. But he is, he's their lone home run hitter that they have. And outside of T.J. Hawkinson, who's, you know, he's more of a 
safety blanket red zone option. I, I think DeAndre Swift, the offense is going to go through him. They have a good complement of Thunder and Lightning and Jamal Williams as well. But but DeAndre Swift, in theory, is their do-it-all running back. I don't know that he's going to be a volume-based runner, but he's the, the, he's going to be their focal point, I have to imagine, because they don't have a whole lot of firepower to work with uh, as far as the wide receivers go. All right, Andrew, let's go to the Eagles offense because it's a, got a big difference maker now that they didn't have last year, and yet they scored 44 points in this game. They did it by primarily running the ball. I want to ask you, what's the best way for the Eagles offense against this Lions team? Stick with the ground game, or do you want to see them get A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, and Quez Watkins involved in week number one here? Yeah, I think that the the plan of attack should be to start with working the intermediate areas of the field with Dallas Goddard. I, I think that there's an opportunity there to exploit a guy like an Alex Anzalone who isn't overly explosive or fluid or, or, or rangy, and he struggled in the past. Remember, he, he used to be with the Saints, and he had some issues there. Uh, defending the middle of the field. So I think that there's going to be an opportunity there to kind of get Jalen Hurts in the flow of the game, get some short dump-offs to Dallas Goddard, and then open things up. But the Lions are decent on the on the outside, right? They have Jeffrey Okuda, formerly of Ohio State, first-round pick. And they have uh, Amani Awarie. He's very physical. He's a very raw player when he came out of Penn State. But he's physical, on the on, and he's on the, on the outside as well. So I'll be interested to see how he's able to, you know, challenge a guy like a Devontae Smith and get, you know, Get get up on him at the line of scrimmage. I think a guy who's going to have an opportunity to, to thrive here in this game and be sort of an unsung hero and is being overlooked is is Quez Watkins, who, who should see a lot of Mike Hughes, the uh, the corner uh, as he lines up in the, in the slot, and I think he can test him vertically. So that would be a player I would look at Quez Watkins and Dallas Goddard to to factor into the equation. And I have to think that I have a weird feeling that you're going to see a lot of Boston Scott this week, just given the the workload and. That, that Miles Sanders is the limited workload of Miles Sanders, and I don't know if they want to overload him right away. And Boston Scott can handle that in in the intermediate uh, future. So he's not a bell cow running back, but I think that he's. I think they have a lot of confidence in what he's able to do versus a Kenny Gainwell. Just look at the preseason as far as the, the snap shares go. Boston Scott got the carries first, and Gainwell was still playing while uh, you know into the second quarter. So yeah, by the way, Scott had two touchdowns. Scott had two touchdowns in the game against them last year. You talked about that's where their season changed, where they started to Well, they ran the for run. four touchdowns yeah. in that game. Yeah. Right? They ran for four. Scott right, had right, two right. in that one. So I want to know, Andrew, uh, which Eagles player do you think is set up to have the best week of these choices? A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Ooh. Spicy PT. Uh, that's a that's a great uh, – no, I, I like that question. Uh, I'm going to say Dallas Goddard and, and, the, and the fact that – the quarterback is going to is most comfortable throwing to him. That's how he's going to settle into the game. So I think he's going to get peppered with targets early. And there's also that's the area to exploit when you're looking at the Lions defense as a whole. I would attack the middle of the field. Goddard is such an explosive weapon, and and their chemistry they're going to build off that chemistry from last year. So I think that just the familiarity, Pete, and and his his body type and and just his overall skill set really lends itself favorably to. What Jalen Hurts is, is going to have to get into, you know, get into the flow of the game and in that rhythm. So I think you're going to see him get involved early. Uh, Andrew, I, real quick, because um, you, you look at the offensive line. Stoutland today mentioned that Landon Dickerson is by far the most improved guy. Um, and I, I want to kind of get you, you know, because 
you know these college guys really well and, and what you thought of him coming out of college and then what he did last year at left guard. If he's exponentially better, what kind of left side with, with him and Maialata, what can that side of the line really do with this for this team? It, it unlocks the full potential of the offense if they are – you know, sort of hitting the ground running early and really coming into form, uh, rounding into form, I should say. Landon Dickerson is a player who I saw ascend throughout last season. I saw him continuously improve and get better. He got he got more confident. His hand placement was better. His balance was better. Uh, he just was playing with a lot more confidence throughout the season. Uh, and I think that that just comes with reps, right? And I think that the, the, the talent was undeniable. And I think it was just getting out there and, and proving that you could, you know, produce at this level um, and, and just going out there and executing. He got more comfortable, and you started to see uh, Jordan Mailata's been fantastic. So that left side of the line is, is going to be a strong point for the Eagles and, and a point of emphasis. I think that a lot of things, a lot of the play designs and things of that nature should be uh, crafted and architected to sort of just kind of take advantage of that. By the way, no Frank Ragnow at uh, practice for the Lions today. Uh, Vitae also out for them, so they could be down their center, who might be the best player on their team, and their right guard. And you take a look at what the Eagles could do up the middle there. This could be the, you know, our first opportunity to really see what kind of impact Jordan Davis could have in a game if they're uh, down to their second guard and center in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's, you're going to see Jordan Davis, and he's just a pocket pusher, right? There's going to be plenty of games where you're not going to necessarily see the impact on the stat sheet. But when you look at what he's able to do from an on-field perspective and open things up for everyone else and occupy double teams and, and really just collapse the pocket and get quarterbacks rattled and uncomfortable and off their mark, that's invaluable. And it just you get guys that are able to clean up like your Derek Bar, like uh, not Derek Barnett, he won't be starting, but you're you're, you're going to be getting your Josh Sweats and Brandon Grams, and Derek Barnett's going to see some snaps, and and all these guys are going to be beneficiaries uh, of of Jordan Davis and what he's able to do from from a skill set standpoint. So, um, and that's going to be the area that they're going to be really able to to exploit that middle of the line, and they have the that, that's arguably the strongest point of the team outside offensive line. So you have to like their chances there couple things, Andrew. I know that I've heard Gil talk throughout the week that this is a sellout for the Lions. It's the first time that they've sold out a game. Maybe that's the hard knock effect. Who knows? But it's a sellout for them in Detroit. And then the second thing is, I always like that phrase, path to victory. Do you do you see any path to victory for the Lions? It's really hard uh, to, to see. And, and I agree with you. I think the hard knocks factor is, is very much a real thing. And the, you know, you start to, you know, if you're a Detroit fan, you start to buy into the hype because, you know, that that's what that's what Hard Knocks does. It gets you excited for the season and and has people that you know buy in. But I think that it's going to be very difficult for the Lions to win, even even at home, even even just given the situation and 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 their advantages. I think it's going to be really hard for them to overcome just the the sheer firepower the Philadelphia has on offense, and they're stronger in the Philadelphia is stronger in the trenches. 
than, than most, most teams, and that's really where the game is won. So I really don't know how they're going to be able to do this. Their, their, their path would be to try and get DeAndre Swift going and get a couple explosive plays and try to flip the game and flip the script like that and, and, and get momentum on their side. But I just don't think that that's going to happen. Philadelphia is faster, more physical, and they're going to execute at a higher level, regardless of how much they like Dan Campbell and how much they want to rally behind him and, and, and really perform for him. I just don't think that they're in the same class as Philadelphia right now. All right, Andrew DeCecco, InsideTheBirds.com, the Inside the Birds uh, podcast, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Adam will be here tomorrow, Andrew on Thursdays, and he gives you that kind of breakdown with each week's Eagles matchup, and you can read him at InsideTheBirds.com. And at A. DeCecco NFL, make sure you follow him for all the Eagles insight for this season as we are back to Eagles football here on 97.3 ESPN. Andrew, always appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Have a good one. And Andrew's back next week. Today's Football at Four brought to you by EMT Solar and Roofing. See if your home qualifies qualifies for a free roof with solar installation. No commitments, no hidden fees. Go to ESPNSolar.com to see if you qualify. I'm Mike Hill. This is the Sports Bash. That's Pete Thompson. Now, PT, we've been getting some uh, text messages on the whole fantasy football. People are weighing in. 609-403-0973. Now, if you'd like to voice your opinion as well. I have to say, <laughs> now I have admitted, and I'm at fault here, that, number one, I didn't really want to be in the league. But right. that being said, I right. also said I would not sabotage the league. I feel that people not showing up to the draft is... Sabotage. Sabotage. I don't the feel league. like you auto-drafting sabotage the league. You actually took some guys that other guys yeah, wanted. They might your be team, guys your that team. I might not have taken. That changes the whole dynamic of the draft. I now, just, this guy's text here, I got to address. Yes. All right. All I'm right. going to address this text message because it's the most idiotic, asinine text, I think, in the history on, of me. this show. It may be the <laughs> worst text we've ever gotten. And that's saying a lot, considering it's usually the same gentleman, Mr. 305. All right. The biggest idiotic text I've ever gotten on this show. Okay. Literally. And? All right. You're going to read it? I'm going to read it on the other side. Very good. I got to compose your your response. Oh, jeez. I can't believe that someone actually hit send on that. He did. All right. And then another. Bash coming up. Now, back to the Sports 3 ESPN. All right, 428 Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Pete, we're live at Chickies and Pete's, Atlantic City, Tropicana. Get by for the game tonight. Get yourself a nice spot. They got probably 50 televisions in here. I think the weekend's going to be awesome at this place. Saturday, Sunday, college football, and the Eagles kick off their season. You can watch all the games right here at Chickies and Pete's. And join us on Thursdays, Pete. You and I are going to be here every Thursday for the football season. I'm really excited, Mike. And, uh, yes, football is the best time of year, in my opinion. It's, uh, you know, uh, a great time to pull up and have a beverage and hang out with your friends and have some of those world-famous crab fries. Hey, Sky Guasco, our fantasy fix this year. He'll be joining me at 5.30 tonight. 5.30. So if you have a fantasy football question for Sky Guasco, get it in. We've already got a lot of fantasy questions. So if we don't, I mean, we're going to try to get rapid fire as many as we can. Sky's pretty good at answering them very quickly. But we're already starting to pile them up. 
5.30 tonight for the Fantasy Fix. Yeah, and if you're going to uh, submit that question, text your first name and your town, please, so the PT can get it properly in order. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Your first name, your town, and what your question is for Sky. Yeah, so PT's compiling all those questions. He'll be asking all the listener questions for Sky. All right, so I want to address this text message on this uh, draft thing here. <laughs> All right? This thing is uh, off base on so many levels here. Now, I will say this. Mr. 305 is a very nice texter. He's very engaged a lot with the show. In fact, I would love for Mr. 305, if he's of age, the way some of these texts comes in, I wonder if he's of age sometimes. Oh, very But if he ever showed up to a remote or a live show. You'd like to meet him. Just come out. I'll shake the gentleman's hand. I'll buy him a nice drink if he's old enough. And I'll just say, Mr. 305, you're wrong. You've been dropped on your head too many times. Now, I have no ill will to this man, but he writes, typical Mike Gill, you missed the draft and you blame it on everyone else. No, that's not what I did at all. I said it was my fault that I totally forgot about the draft. So I made the mistake of forgetting. I'm not blaming anybody else. All I said was, when I made the mistake, I would hope that, like, if Pete Thompson made a mistake, I'm his friend. I will be there to try to help him clean up the mistake, as I've done for essentially the last 15 years of your life. So while I made the mistake, I am taking ownership of mistake. But I also feel that the people around me should be cognizant enough of I'm not going to be perfect 100% of the time. I might make a mistake, and if I do... Just remind me. Hey, yeah. man, you may have forgotten the dress at 8 o'clock tonight. We, so I am right. taking ownership. I'm not blaming it on anybody else. We go 17 years back, you and I, 17 years together of back and forths, of dinners together, of events together, of radio together, on the air, off the air, okay? And in 17 years, if there's one thing that's a prevailing thing of our friendship and partnership, it's that if I say something dumb, like I throw up a short ball, you smash that thing right back in my face. So I was not texting you last night because I thought like I had it all written out. MG, do you mean to auto-draft? I literally wrote those words in my phone. MG, do you mean to auto-draft? And I was about to hit send, and I just had that spidey sense yeah. of he's going to shoot back something like, I would have called course, you. this is my strategy. You know, And I go, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I would have called. I would say, yeah. hey, Pete, we're getting ready to start the draft. Because for me, the integrity of a fantasy draft means a lot. you got to have everybody there. If there's somebody not there, the integrity of the draft goes out the window because the auto pick takes guys that maybe that guy wouldn't take. So the auto pick is I mean, but it's I not like anti auto pick. It's not like you ended up with all kickers. I understand that. I don't care what my roster is. That's my point is I might not have taken some of these guys, and that alters the whole draft. Now, the gentleman goes on to say that wasn't even the dumbest part of his he did Next. He did go for a second punch. He yes. did come so back to, with this. So to speak. So if PT is late for work, it's the boss's fault for not texting him and telling him he has to work at 9 o'clock. All right. I don't know how I have to explain this, but I'll do this really slow. Well, start, with, start with this. I'm always late. So, yeah. I mean, that, PT is always late. I'm notoriously late. Number one, there's a little bit of a difference between showing up to your job five days a week at the same exact time and having a time set for one time the entire year, which, by the way, I was told, I don't even know that I was told, 
I would maybe was told, hey, oh, by the way, the draft is tonight. Oh, you like, were told. I, yeah, I said. I told you I think before I was you told left the studio. The, I think I was told the day of the draft. Well, it would have been the day before, but we were still trying to find some other players. So, I mean, kudos to Josh for at least getting, a, I think the day before, I looked in the middle of the day and I was like, huh, I wonder who all the players are going to be this year. And I saw TBA, TBA, TBD, and I thought, oh, we're missing some guys. And that's where I got this auto message from the draft that said, the, you don't have enough people, uh, it's going to be postponed to the next day. And then even yesterday, there was a message in your email that should have come to your email. See, that's the thing, too. You don't check all your emails. You claim that you do, but you have like two or three emails that you conveniently don't check. And Josh and I think that you don't check them on purpose, so then you can all always right, have dude, the plausible thing. Here, okay? okay, fine, I won't speak <laughs> for Josh. But I think you don't check them on purpose because then you can say, well, I never got the email. And it's like... Yeah, I said it to Mike at townsquaremedia.com. He, oh, I don't, I don't check that one. Well, how am I supposed to know that? It's a valid email for you. I didn't send it to that email. Pete. No, I, I got I the email here, and I got the email. That said the draft is coming? No, mind you. You have about... I got 1,727 seven, emails new, still new, in right, my inbox. Out of 7,642. So if I happen to miss it, I apologize. Well, but I'll also counter on that. I, okay, I'm digging in here. I'm going to counter on that and say, well, that's just sloppy email. Oh, listen, I get That's a sloppy I, inbox. I am taking ownership that I missed. But I will also say, like my other league, for instance, I knew the draft was Tuesday at 7 o'clock for a month. Okay. So I had it in my phone. The alert came up. It reminded me. I was told that the draft was last night, yesterday. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure what time it was. I thought it was at 7. And then when you came to the studio, you actually said the time. And I was like, oh, wait a second. It's at 8 o'clock? Aha. Uh -huh. See, so it was in your radar for right, a little bit. Right, but I'm there. saying. So that was it. <laughs> then I went home. My That's, girlfriend's away. I was right. talking to her on the phone. I was making dinner. The Phillies game was on, and I was into the game. It was a good game. And Cats away. The Gill will play. I see how this is going. Right. So, but to compare missing one night of a fantasy draft to missing work and being late every single day is possibly. Your starting roster isn't bad. Matthew Stafford, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Terry McLaurin. C. No, the Lamb, roster's pretty good. Mike Evans, I said, how did you guys yeah. let me get that team? <laughs> I wasn't even there, and I and I outdrafted everybody. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know about... Uh, you might want to blame Casey Joyner then, because he had to pick ahead of you. Right. There you go. Again, it's not about how good my team is or bad my team is. It's that the integrity is now shot because I may not have made some of those selections. Josh, was, see what I'm saying? Josh, here? Was so there I'm not blaming year anybody. Where we had to stop the draft one year, and he got all ticked off that he had Dalvin Cook, and then in week one, Dalvin Cook like exploded for the most fantasy points in like three years or something like that. And I definitely remember texting Gill and going, "How do you feel about Dalvin Cook now?" And yeah, he then he like, got hurt like two weeks later. Not our fault. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not Isn't at all. this an annual theme, Josh, is what I'm asking. It's, a, it's an annual theme with the 97.3 ESPN League that something goes, something happens right. that, you know, sends somebody's team in a direction that they didn't want to, whether it's people couldn't get into the room. I had to pause and restart it three times in one year. There was another year where I had to push the draft back 30 minutes at the last second. 
because hey, look, people all there of There are plenty of drafts that have hiccups. Like I said, I wasn't even in the draft. My buddy didn't show up for it. They were calling me to find him, right. and they would not start the draft. That's weird, though. And t- that's normal. I've never seen a draft start until if they can't find somebody. and they. I've never been in a draft where they allow someone to draft auto-draft unless they say ahead of time, listen, I can't make the draft. I'm going to have to auto-draft. Okay, I am willingly letting you auto-draft because that. Other than that, I have never been in a draft where the league has not basically said, listen, we are not starting right. until everybody gets uh, here. And I agree with you on that, only because the drafts where I see somebody auto-pick, usually almost right afterwards, the person who got auto-picked is complaining and whining and like, stop the draft, stop the draft. That's not who I wanted. I didn't want that guy. You know, Apple kicked me out. I don't know what's going well, on. Well, that's, that's another side of the conversation, guys. Listen, I'm very glad we got the minimum number of people, but I'm a little disappointed that during the time of the draft, the conversation on the on the draft chat was just dry nothing. So at that point... Because half of us weren't there. No, it's, <laughs> it's also because you made it a minute in between picks, by the way. Uh, what happened to a I minute I made 30? it a minute in between picks because Mike Gill told me two years ago <laughs> that 90 seconds was unnecessarily That's long. That's hilarious. So you no, ch- my you, league is 130. I never said that. You changed it. My to- league is 130. We have a minute 30 in my league. I thought a minute was too quick, Josh, but that also explains why the draft was over when Gil tried to get into it. <laughs> yeah. At 9.06, I started said, at oh my 8 God, o'clock. It I was over the, by 9.11. I forgot the draft. I said, I can't believe... And then it was like, I can't believe nobody tried to tell me, hey, man, are you drafting or what? Like... And if I tell you to go bleep off, then that's my answer. But at least try. Give me some sort of, hey, man, the draft has begun. Too funny. I will remember that for next time. Joey D says, you got to pause the draft immediately and call the guy. Especially when someone is on auto draft. Yeah, that did not happen. And he said, you got to take the L for forgetting the draft, too. Joey D, I totally take the L for forgetting the draft. There's no doubt about that. My fault. Sports Batch 97.3 ESPN. Hey, guys, huddle up. It's time for the Caesar Sportsbook Report. First things first, your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app. Use my promo code RADIOFULL and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If not, you'll get your stake back as a free bet. It's open to new users in New Jersey who are 21 or older. If your qualifying bet loses, bet amount is returned as a full credit. You must use within 14 days. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get. I got a winner coming up for you guys next. Now, back with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. Back with another year of winners for you out there. We got Thursday Night Football tonight. It's the Bills and the Rams, and you can hear it right here on 97.3 ESPN. My friend JR from WagerPro.com and the WagerPro app. Man, my man's been spitting winners out to you guys for the last couple of years, and I'm excited to get a winner for the season tonight. And JR, we welcome you back to another season of the Sports Bash here in Atlantic City on 97.3 ESPN. Welcome back, JR. 
First off, thanks for having me back. Seriously, guys, it's an absolute honor to be on your show. And look, you know, the name of the game is making people into believers by showing a little something every single week. Like you said, I've been spitting out winners for years now, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. We're always giving you, you know, I mean, look, no one's going to hit 100%. There's no such thing. But when you can give out more wins than losses, that's the name of the game. And the problem these days, too many guys are listening to the analysts on TV, and even, no offense to you, but the guys on radio who don't really have the mentality of a sports better, a true professional expert. And that's the difference in doing business with somebody like me. Now, let's go right out the gate with making your, your entire crowd a bunch of money. Call right now. I'm going to leave the winner of tonight's matchup between the Rams and Bills absolutely free on a recorded message call this number it's 800-499-3733 no strings attached here's what happens you dial that number 800-499-free listen to a short 30 second message and you get the point spread winner of tonight's game again bills rams we've got the bills on the road lane two and a half at defending champs la sofi stadium guys and i'm going to tell you what's going to happen in this matchup a huge winner right now free on a 30 second message at 800 800- Four nine nine three seven three three. That's eight hundred four nine nine three seven three three. And like I just said, give yourself a real shot this year. Be an optimist right out the gate by hiring an expert and having somebody on your side that looks at this from a betting perspective, not just from a, a statistical standpoint, because that's not how you make money betting games. All right, Jr. We got week one. You got a lot of home dogs. That's what I noticed to start things off. What do you look for? What do you stay away from in NFL betting week number one? Because this is all new. A lot of these lines, they came out back in May. Uh, So what are we looking at here uh, with the week one? A lot of dogs, a lot of home dogs. Ten of them. I believe it's ten of them. Um, there, there are a lot of chalk on the road this year to start the season. And everybody, the problem is, you know, uh, everyone has been looking back the last couple of years saying that the dogs have been barking, especially in week number one. So I feel like the public is looking for those live dogs. Yes, there's going to be a few of them. Uh, and I'm one to find the dog just about every week, as well as, I mean, there's always some good favorites out there. But here's what you really want to stay away from. Don't go into the trap. The big public money sides of games like for instance the saints and the falcons this week all the bets and all the money are coming in heavily on the saints now that doesn't mean you should run out there and bet the falcons necessarily but if you're thinking of betting the saints i would absolutely stay away from it same thing with the ravens 86 percent of the bets 79 percent of the money all coming in on the Ravens. And that line jumped from an opening line of four and a half all the way up to seven, seven and a half. I mean, do I think the Ravens are going to beat the Jets? Of course I do. Should they absolutely smash them, especially a year where, uh, let's face it, you got a quarterback that's in a contract year who's probably going to have a monstrosity of an opening week. But still, um, I, I just don't like going with the public when it's heavy, heavy, heavy on both sides. So I'd stay away from those couple of games, those couple of traps. But there are some real juicy ones out there like the Jaguars, for instance, which is getting a little bit more of the percentage of money in bets, but still, it's the right number, especially on the road. The line actually came down a little bit, so that's one I would look out for. But I know you're going to ask me next which one I'm going to put on the record, right? <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite? You got 10 home dogs this week. You got to have a favorite in this mix, right? 
I absolutely do. In fact, I, you guys are going to probably think I'm nuts. A lot of people think Tom Brady is going to come out the come out the gate screaming. The guy's 45 years old. He's going to have a great year. He's going to get the Bucks into the playoffs. May even win another Super Bowl, but it's not going to happen in Week One. I believe they played the Cowboys Week One last last year on a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That game came down to a field goal in the rain for the Bucks to be able to pull out a win. I don't think they get lucky this year. I think the Cowboys come out. They were a red hot. I think the hottest team in football last year for the first seven weeks, not even losing a game, and I'm expecting the same thing this year. They are absolutely stacked. Elliott is healthy. Prescott is healthy, especially. They're going to come screaming. Look for the Cowboys not only to cover the two and a half, three points at home. This is a very live money line bet. Use the Cowboys plus the points and on the money line. All right, there's his pick this week. Dallas against Tampa Bay. You can hear that game Sunday night right here on 97.3 ESPN. But we do have the Thursday game game jr and you've got some information on that one i do i i don't like it i love it what a great matchup i mean let's face it guys a great great game to start the season and let's get you on the right side i'm going to give it to you as a gift it is absolutely free call the number right now 800-499-3733 and i'm leaving the game on a recorded message it's 30 seconds long call now 800-499-3733 as always, guys, I appreciate you having me on. Be safe, guys. Have fun and go out there and make some money. All right, JRWagerPro.com and the Wager Pro app has been giving us winners for the last couple of seasons, man. If you don't take that free bet and at least throw a little something on it, you don't have to put a lot. I mean, he's been hitting those things probably about 75 to 80 uh, percent over the two seasons that he has been with us here on the Sports Bash. Mike and Pete taking you till 6 tonight. We got so much still for you in the 5 o'clock hour. Pete and I are going to go through that NFL schedule for the first time. Kind of give you our thoughts on all the games. Our first look at the NFL schedule. Then 5.30 tonight Sky Guasco, our fantasy fix segment is back. Sky is going to answer all your fantasy football questions for week number one. If you have a question, 609 403 0973 609-403-0973. You can text your questions for week number one. Pete is compiling all the questions, and uh, Sky will answer them tonight. I thought he did a great job last year with the Fantasy Fix, and he's back for year number two of the Fantasy Fix. Now, the PT, uh, the, the Phillies lineup is out. Have you seen the, uh, the lineup tonight? I saw an earlier thing on Twitter about an old lineup that I couldn't believe was you know, a team that I used to root. What's tonight? Oh, yeah, you showed me Sosa's not in the lineup. No Sosa That was the highlight for me, that he did not make it in for the third time. Who else is, uh, is Schwarber still in the top spot? Well, yes, they've got the uh, very normal top of their lineup there. You're getting Schwarber, Hoskins, Bohm, Harper, Real Muto. Stott is in the lineup tonight. Segura, Marsh, Nick Maton is playing right field tonight. And Gibson is your pitcher, and I believe they're going with the baby blues, Peter. Oh, I like the baby blues. You know, I got to tell you, last night when Veerling ran that ball down in right field, my first reaction, I don't know if you were watching at that point because you certainly weren't fantasy drafting, but my first reaction. No, I wasn't fantasy drafting because I was watching. (laughs) My first reaction was there's no way that Castellanos gets that ball. So, you know, hey, maybe Maytown will make a play in right. Um, Well, they're really strong. They got to get Castellanos back. I know he's a lesser defensive player. But you can see this lineup is struggling a little bit with him not in the lineup there. Um, the other thing is they got to get Dominguez back. He's supposed to have a – it was weird the way they described it. He's going to pitch in relief tonight, I think, in the second inning. 
Uh, the two, the order of that is the, and then yes, they're doing two guys back to back each day. And then what they're going to do too is they wanted to simulate like it was a total bullpen situation, you know. And they asked Rob Thompson about that. Any relation? No relation. But what they're going to do? It's Dominguez who's going to pitch tonight. Okay, that's normal. The one that they're doing kind of a a. a tweak on i don't even know that ruben amaro understood what they were doing. no he did he, he they called it a, a clean inning uh, and then michael barkan asked him what's a clean inning and he said that they're they're trying to make sure that there's no runners on base there's they're trying to set it up and that he's he's essentially going to start that second game eflin is and on friday and when he starts that game on friday they're going to have him come out of the bullpen and go right to the mound does that make sense? In other words, he's never going to like sit in the dugout. He's never. It, it's supposed to simulate. Oh, I understood what he meant. Like, right. he, he's not going to do his warm ups and then come into the dugout. He's going to act as if he's a relief pitcher, but start the game. Right. That's that's exactly what they're doing. You see this lineup from six years ago: Hernandez, Herrera, Andres Blanco, Ryan Howard, Cameron Rupp, Freddie Galvis, Al, Aaron Altair. Peter Borges, remember him? And Alec Asher on the mound. That was Andres Blanco playing and hitting the three-hole. <laughs> that was the Phillies starting lineup on this day six years ago. Well, thank God they're better now, but nobody's going. <laughs> I bet you that game had more fans in attendance. Let's look it up in baseball <laughs> reference. Yeah, look up what the attendance was for that team's game that day. <laughs> Sports Bash Live. Hey, when we come back, week one of the NFL is here. We're going to break down the games our first look at the week one NFL schedule. This is like Christmas Day for me. I don't even know who's playing each other yet, PT. There you and go. then I'll give you my favorite five games of the week. Coming up next. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Hours here. We're at Chickies and Pete's Tropicana. I'm Mike. That's Pete. Now, listen, week one is here, PT, so we're going to unwrap the presents. You said you wanted a present. This is it. We get to unwrap the week one schedule. Yeah. I'm going to go through it all. I want one, and then I want another one, and then I want another one. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this is, and and week one is always so crazy, Mike. You know, you think you know stuff going in. That's a segment in itself. How about what JR said? Ten underdogs at home. Ten home diggity dolls. I went back and looked, and I was, like, counting them up. I'm like, one, two, yeah, yeah, that's ten. Oh, my God. Now, you showed up to the beach for my girlfriend's party. I did. Very late, but you made it, and I appreciate that. She did as well. Yeah. There was a hot dog that was still on the grill. <laughs> now, my friend showed up a lot earlier than that you. That dog was disgusting. And he said to me, this is about 1130 in the morning. Okay. He said, put on the hot dog and just leave it on all day. Right. Just leave it there. Yeah. So was... I did. And then he left. He said he had to go to work. Did he ever come back? He never came stuff? back. And he texted yeah. me the next day, where's my hot dog? That's hilarious. But wasn't that his speaker too? He had a speaker and power and everything. I said, "Hey, by the way, and your chair, and he had a chair, chair." I said, yeah. "Hey, by the way, the doc has all your stuff. He forgot that he left all the stuff there, but he remembered that he forgot about the hot dog." Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and then he wanted that. That was the one thing that he texted you for. Where's my hot dog? Well, we got these hot dogs. That He's thing, the one that recommended them to they, me. They were good. He recommended the hot dogs at Sam's. Yeah, they were outstanding. It kind of tasted like a, uh, you know, Sebastian, uh, the thick one. I don't, I don't even know what they are, but uh, they're, you know, you, they you hear a little snapping sound when you you bite into them. Yeah. So, uh, got a picture of the hot dog. 
I picked, took the picture and sent it to him. I said, Which here's one? Your dog. The, the one that was well done? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing was cooked, baby. And I complimented you on having the cheese that fit the burger. I mean, I'm not a big provolone guy. That was provolone cheese. I, I prefer American or cheddar on my burger, but the fact that the provolone was exactly the same size as the patty. Okay, that, I think I could do that. Okay, well, PT, week one is here, so let's get our first look at the NFL schedule. We'll do it here on the Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. You can hear the game tonight, Thursday night football, Bills and the Rams. And, of course, we talked a little bit about this game earlier. Jeff Nadeau likes the Rams, by the way, plus two and a half or three, the number in this one. And uh, i got to be honest with you, kind of a – I feel like everybody's jumping on the Bills, and they might be the best team at the end of the year, but it feels like one of those games where everybody's on them, and then they disappoint you on opening night. Really? I I, I mean, I'm high on the Bills. I, I think that the— So I had them number one in my fine five. Yeah, I think I think they're poised to take that next step. I, I understand—I think it's tough to repeat. It's tough to win the Super Bowl, period, but I think it's tough to repeat as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills go in there, or if they were favored. Mike Gill. Well, this is generally where the gentleman will tell us what the I, line of the game is. I think there was right quiet now, there for a reason, and I was waiting for it. <laughs> Here's Josh with his excuse. What are you using this time? <laughs> I just was waiting for you guys to give your prediction. I did. Oh. I said mine was two and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Bills by three. Currently, the line is Bills at two and a half at the majority of sports books. 50% of the bets are going Bills on the spread what's interesting guys is take this into account now the total is 52 it's been pretty consistent that number 75 percent are taking the over a lot of points in week mm. one well i, I prefaced it by saying that we yeah. already knew the line to this game because jeff nadu gave it out of his if he was listening to us, he would have caught on to that. See what happens when you listen, PT? It helps. That's right. I mean, I got close because I was listening. I didn't <laughs> nail it, but I got close. Well, you know, there are some people who weren't listening to Jeff Nadu earlier. Um, no, I said we know the line is three because we talked about it with Jeff Nadu. Which it's Whether not. It's two it. and a half. Two and a half or three. I said two and a half or three. It depends on what book you're going by. Which one do you use over there? Well, I believe your endorsement is with William Hill Caesars, is it not? Okay, my go. endorsement is, but you might have a different one that you prefer. <laughs> well, it opened at one, and right now it's sitting at two and a half. There you go. All two right. and a half, the number tonight. All right, Sunday slate, Saints and Falcons. I kind of like this game early because I've been on the Saints. I actually have them in my who's in, who's out as my wild card team. Okay. So I like the Saints in this one. Uh, Falcons, I think, and I think the Falcons were my worst team in my ugly five. Yeah, I remember. I was listening the day you said that. So I'm going to go Saints as a – now, Jr. gave us a little tip. He did? There's ten underdogs. Right. Home That's dogs. That's right, yeah. What do you mean yeah. he did? No, I'm listening. Go ahead. Ten home underdogs. All right, all right. This has to be one of them. Definitely. I'm going Saints favored by three. Right, and I, I'm also saying that the Saints have to be favored this one. You said three. I'm giving them three plus a couple more. I'm giving them Saints by five. So PT's close to the actual number. Mike Gill's close to the opening number. The number opened at three and a half. Right now it's five and a half is the spread. And according to the public, they're going 70% Saints. 
70% Saints. Everybody else thinks the, the Falcons stink as well. All right, how about the San Francisco at Chicago? It's a 1 o'clock game. I think the Chicago Bears are one of my worst teams, too. They're my ugly five. And San Francisco, John McMullen has them in the Super Bowl. That's I don't have them in the playoffs. I'm not a big Niners because I just don't like Trey Lance. I don't know what to think of him. My intuition is that I don't think he's going to be all that good. So I'll go San Francisco favored here. I'm going to go San Francisco by six. Six. So here you are saying that you're not believing in San Francisco. Do you? Well, I just said the Bears but are one of my ugly five. They are ugly. Yeah, Justin Fields is not on your uh, Christmas card list, I guess. I think the Saint, uh, the San Francisco Niners are favored as well. This is another one of those home dogs, uh, Chicago. And so you said six. I'll say four. The line is currently, gentlemen, at seven. Seven for the Niners, it is currently. And the public is going not crazy heavy, but 63% for that San Francisco team. All right. uh, Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati, I think, number three in my fine five, if I remember from yesterday's show to start things off. I like that team this year. Went to the Super Bowl. New offensive line. Tons of weapons. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. Gotta love Burrow. They got a good run game. They're playing Pittsburgh, who's got a new quarterback on the road. Cincinnati at home. It kind of feels like Cincinnati let down here. But they are got to be favored to who? I'm going to go Cincinnati by four at home against the Steelers. And I also like Cincinnati in this one. This is not one of those home dogs. Uh, Pittsburgh's D is still has that reputation of being a good D, Mike, but I think Cincinnati has too many weapons in this one. I'm going to go with them by five. Cincinnati. Bengals actually have are the only team this weekend that has the same number right now that they opened with months ago. It is six and a half the Mm. entire time. The public is only going 55% Bengals on the spread, but they're going 60% Steelers on the money line. All right. Uh, I like that uh, Bengals team, by the way. Uh, New England at Miami. This is an interesting one because in years past, it was oh, New England, New England. Now people kind of like this Dolphins team a bit, and people are down on New England. Are we overlooking the Pats? Well, they're on the road in game number one. Miami, a lot. Some people picking Miami to be a Super Bowl team. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, could Tua take them there? I'm not so sure about that, but I like Miami at home this week. I'll give them, give me four with I'm, Miami. I'm going the opposite way, a thousand percent, including the fact that, by the way, Bill Belichick took his team down to Florida early, and he's done this before, Gil. I don't know if you saw this, but the Patriots were practicing on a Division II soccer field. It didn't even have goalposts. They're on some Division II women's soccer field holding their practices because they just wanted to acclimate to the weather. I don't personally like the man, but I think he's a genius as far as coaching, and i got to give the Belichick edge and talent level to the Patriots. I'm saying that Miami's a home dog in this one. I'm saying the Patriots by two. Ooh. I don't know what Pete, uh, Pete Thompson's personal preference is against Bill Belichick. I don't know if he you know, offended you personally, but you're wrong, PT. The <laughs> Dolphins are a favorite at three and a half right now, and the public is going 62% for the Miami Dolphins. All right. And by the way, even in the glory years of the Patriots, they always seem to have problems in Miami against even bad That's Dolphins. why they're practicing in that humidity. I'm telling you, you guys watch. When we get to Monday, I'm going to be... Crowing. Uh, Baltimore, New York Jets. Uh, Baltimore on the road. Jets got Joe Flacco against his former team in this one. And obviously the Jets, 
uh, have had some hard times recently. This Baltimore team, they have playoff aspirations. The Jets, obviously, uh, have not made the playoffs. Man, we're probably going back to the Rex Ryan years, the last time they made the playoffs here. Jets at home. Flacco, got to go Baltimore as a home a road uh, favorite here in this one. Give me Baltimore on the road, favored by five. Yeah, I knew what you were trying to do there, basically saying that the Jets are another one of those home dogs. I would agree with that, and not just because Joe Flacco's the starter. Obviously, that knee injury to the starting quarterback, not ready to go yet, so you get Flacco in there. Baltimore, you know, Lamar Jackson apparently may or may not turn down that long-term extension, too, so it's not like it's all peace, love, sunshine, and rainbows in the Baltimore Ravens camp right now, but that said, uh, they're a much better football team than the Jets, and uh, you said five. I'll say six. Currently, the line is sitting at seven for the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Uh, by the way, for what it's worth, apparently Joe Flacco is worth minus two points. That was what changed from when Zach Wilson could be the starter to when Flacco was announced the starter. So read into that what you will. All right, let's go down to Landover, the Commanders. Carson Wentz, we'll see. His former coach, Doug Peterson, uh, and the Jags. I actually like both these teams more than most people. I think Washington's got a shot to make the playoffs. I think Jacksonville has a shot to win that division just because the division's so bad, not because they're all that good. I just think that Doug Peterson makes that team way more credible than Urban Meyer did. You got to, I mean, look, everybody thought that Trevor Lawrence was going to be this generational changing quarterback. Well, if he's going to be it, I want to see it. I think the Jaguars on the road against this Washington team, they can actually get a road steal. Even though I like Washington, I think they're favored here. I'll go Washington favored by three. But I kind of like Jacksonville with a upset in week one. Uh, I'd, it'd be fun to see for Doug Peterson and just to see some structure and stability in Jacksonville. The Jaguars were just the laughing stock of the league last year, including when Urban Meyer kicked the kicker that was the uh, end all to be all for me but even though uh, washington uh, doesn't look like uh, they're gonna run the table and win the league i think that the commanders win this one i'm you said three i'm gonna shave that down to two and a half it is exactly two and a half right now guys this opened as a four point spread it is now on the two and a half because the bag money came in in Vegas and moved the line in the Jags' favor. And the public, by the way, has responded. 70% of bets are taking outright Jacksonville victory. Wow, so Mm. they're on the same page as me there. I don't know if I like that, PT. All right, let's go to... Carolina, Carolina, they are taking on the Cleveland Browns. This is a matchup of Baker against his former team. Baker Mayfield against right. the Browns. Carolina, uh, a lot of injuries last year with this team. Matt Rule, by the way, Carolina, could the be way. on the hot seat. That's I think Matt Rule yeah. on the hot seat. Who won the starting job? Baker Mayfield. I just mentioned him. I know. He is facing his former team, the Browns, who have uh, some quarterback problems. Jacoby Brissett is there. Uh, I think this line is even because Jeff Nadeau was on earlier and he picked that. See, I don't like to – if like I know the odds, I don't like to say that, you know, I don't know the odds and act like it. Nadeau said even. I saw it. I remember when Nadeau also said that he thought that uh, Matt Rule was uh, not an NFL coach and he'd be back I, in I talked about this the other day. I really thought that Rule would come into the league and be a successful head coach. Um, he has not been so far. They've had a lot of injuries there. The line is even in the game. I think this is going to be an entertaining, fun game, though. 
What's going on with our boy Colin Thompson down there? He made the he's practice, on the practice squad. squad yep. Okay, so he's there. So you so you already knew the line. It's even, and that's what we're going with, and that's that, right? Yeah, that's correct. What's interesting about this game, guys, is that the money's going all kinds of directions. When Baker Mayfield was first announced as the starter, a lot of public money came in at seventy six percent for the Panthers. Since then, some bag money has flipped the number back the other direction for the Browns. So at one point, this is a four-point. Now it's a pick-em. All right, let's go to uh, Houston, where Indianapolis takes on the Texans. Not really a great game here, although... Houston, we still have a problem. <laughs> I like Indianapolis. I picked them in who's in, who's out to win the South. Huh. Uh, they go on the road here for week number one. I would imagine they're a road favorite in this game. Houston's getting better, though. Um, this is a team that is going to be... I don't want to say they're not going to win more than five, six games, right. but more competitive than they were a year ago, I think. Davis Mills is the quarterback for the full offseason now. Uh, Nico Collins is a good receiver out there. they got Brandon Cooks as well. Uh, they're an interesting team, but I think Indianapolis is the favorite here. I'm going to go Indy on the road by five. I'm going more than that. I think that Houston still hasn't gotten out of their way yet. I mean, I appreciate that you think there's going to be some slight improvement there, but I, I think the Col- I'm do the Colts by six. Or maybe even six and a half if I could pick twice. <laughs> Josh? Seven. Seven is go. the number. Just straight across the board. Uh, I will say this, though. The, the public money is a little confusing because the public money is split 50-50 between Indy and the Texans. It seems like some people think the Texans could cover a seven spread. All right, let's go to Tennessee. They're taking on the Giants. This is in Nissan Stadium in Nashville. I think the... Uh, Titans take a step back. They won the most t- games in the league last year, PT. 13 wins. They were the number one seed. I think they take a step back there. I think the Giants are moving in the right direction, but probably not much more than a six-win team here. Interesting start to this thing. Can Brian Dable get a win in his first game on the road? This one has upset feeling to me, but mm. I think Tennessee's favorite here. I'll go Tennessee by five. But I kind of like the Giants here. All right, and I would go Tennessee by six. But, yes, that would probably be the upset of the Sunday if the Giants won that game. But I think Tennessee's favored, and I think they're going to win. Tennessee by six, I say, Josh. Across the board, five and a half in all the sports books Mm. for this one. Uh, Interestingly enough, only 55% of the bets are rocking with the Titans right now. All right, Green Bay, Minnesota. We'll have this game for you. We'll pick it up at 5 o'clock. On 97.3 ESPN, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have the Vikings winning the North over Green Bay. I have Green Bay in as a wild card team. I'm interested to see, though, is this one of those home dogs? Do they like Green Bay on the road? Does Vegas like Green Bay on the road? I think they do. I'm going to go Green Bay favored by two. Wow. I like Minnesota this one. I like Minnesota this year more than I like the Packers. I think they've got more weapons Green Bay starting to chip away at the talent there. They've lost a lot of talent at the receiver position. Lazard is, is or Scantling's gone. Lazard might be hurt. I like Minnesota, but I think they're a home dog. I got Packers favored by two, but I like the Vikings. Yeah, see, I'm having a hard time reconciling the fact that there, there's ten home dogs out there, and then at the same time, I think Minnesota's going to win this football game. If I go by the ten home dogs, then Minnesota's one of those home dogs, and that means Green Bay has the slight edge, is what Vegas thinks. But in my mind, I think that Minnesota could just as easily win this football game. So I'll just take a take a flyer and say that uh, being home is usually worth a couple points, so I'll say Minnesota one and a half. 
PT nailed it, kind of. It's one and a half for the Packers, Pete, oh. not for Minnesota. Minnesota is the home dog. But, Pete, the public also disagrees with you. Only 46% of the betters are going Vikings here. Wouldn't that be almost me nailing it? I said Packers by two. Yeah, but uh, I You like... got the wrong team no, and the but, wrong side. But I had the number, so he was excited by that. <laughs> <laughs> I had Green Bay, too, and somehow you nailed it. Yeah, well, you know. You... Well, no, I said he nailed the number, not the side. There you go. All right. Uh, Kansas City, <laughs> Arizona, State Farm game. Stadium, Glendale. Um, I hope. Arizona's missing Hopkins. Murray is inconsistent. Kansas City loses Hill. Their run game is a little questionable right now. Who steps up in the receiving game? Um, I have Kansas City at number four in my fine five. I don't have Arizona making the playoffs. I think Arizona's a home dog here. I'm going to go Chiefs favored on the road. Give me Chiefs by four. And I kind of actually I might even be bored in that. Yeah, I think a lot of people like the Chiefs. And even though I think, uh, you know, James Conner's still out in Arizona at the running back position, they obviously uh, have a good quarterback. Uh, I think the Chiefs are very highly touted going into this season and for a reason. And I'll go I'll go for more. I'll go five and a half. Chiefs five and a half. Uh, line is currently at six mm. for the Chiefs. Uh, the money is kind of close, though. Only 55% of the public is going Chiefs. It seems like there's still people holding out for the Cardinals, or as Pete Thompson would say, the hard knocks influence. <laughs> Cardinals, hey, for those Cardinals who are, are, yeah, they're the midseason. They're the in-season yeah. hard knocks. I year. do remember that. All right, coming up next, it's Vegas and the Chargers. Another good game at the CBS uh, SoFi Stadium in Goldwood. All right, Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert back for year number three. You got... Carr and Adams. I got Vegas in my who's in as an in. I have the Chargers in my who's in as an in. So I think these are both playoff teams here. I got Chargers favorite at home. I think this is one of those close ones where it's a typical three. So I'll go Chargers favored by three. And uh, I like this game a lot. This is probably going to be in my five. Well, only because of the knowledge that there's ten home dogs, I'm going to lean more toward Vegas in this one. I've lost track of how many home dogs I've actually rattled well, off. Well, that's, that's the problem. Uh, you didn't mention Josh Jacobs, by the way, uh, for Vegas as well. Carr, yes. And uh, I think that Vegas could be favored in this one slightly. So I'd say Vegas by two. Mike Gill nailed this one. It's Chargers three on the spread. But the public is evenly divided 50-50 on the spread. A lot of back and forth going on between the public on the money here. All right. Uh, let's look at the Sunday night game. It's Tampa Bay and Dallas. AT&T Stadium. This was the free pick, by the way, for JR. I don't remember what the line in this game was, though. But Dallas, I think it was Tampa Bay two and a half, I want to say. Is Dallas a home dog here? I think you're it, yeah. Um, that is correct. So Tampa Bay is a road favorite in Dallas. This was the Thursday night game last year. It's the Sunday night game this year. Um, he seems to like Dallas in this one. I'm not going to go against him. He's been pretty darn good when making picks here. But the number two and a half is kind of what's jumping back in my head. 
Yeah, I thought two and a half. Josh said you're, that's the line, and Tampa, Tampa's favored in this one for a reason, I think. I, I'm Dallas with a lot of question marks. You know, uh, a lot of people out there think that, uh, you know, they believe in Dak. Uh, for the people that uh, still hang on to Ezekiel Elliott, fine, but but uh, Dallas lost a lot of talent. And uh, and obviously, if they're signing a 40-year-old Jason Peters, Mike Gill, uh, I don't know that I could put all my money on Dallas. Well, he's not going to play this one. week. I don't care the fact that they had to sign a period. <laughs> That's well, it. You know Done. that you know the spread, but you don't know the money, and the money is interesting. So if you look at New Jersey only, fifty-eight percent of the money is going bucks. If you look at the rest of the country, fifty-two percent of the money is going Dallas. Your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, Dallas has a lot of people all over the place. That's yeah. why it seems like that money would be kind of down the middle, right? That's what I would think. They worship the star. <laughs> Monday Night Football, you can hear the game right here on 97.3 ESPN. Denver, Seattle, we got another uh, rematch or, excuse me, battle between a quarterback and his former team. Did you see the story about the, the breakup out there and, and how, uh, how it all went down? Basically, well, I mean, Is that the Russell, athletic? Or where no, it was Brady ESPN. Henderson com. with ESPN.com. Okay. Okay. I guess apparently Wilson kind of said, oh, I'm tired of carrying this team on my back. And um, the, 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 apparently the relationship between him and, and – um, Pete Carroll was kind of strained, strained, if you will. Okay, uh, that game is at uh, Lumen Field, Seattle. So, which way are you going? Russell there? Wilson goes home and wins uh, to Seattle. This has got to be a road dog because I think Denver is probably favored here, not by much. I'll go Denver three and a half on the road. I have Seattle as one of my ugly five. I All mean, right. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league. Um, I could be completely wrong, but. I just don't like the quarterback. Sorry, Geno Smith. I don't love the quarterback there. I, you know, they have some weapons, but their line's not great. And their defense is average. I think Dallas, excuse me, Denver exploits that. I'll go Denver three and a half. Right, and I'm going Denver as well, but also the added plot, like you mentioned, of Russell Wilson going back and sticking it to his old team. I very much think that's in play. I'll go four, Denver by four. Denver is favored by six and a half. And 80% of the money is back in Russell Wilson for revenge. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Well, (coughs) that's our first look at the NFL schedule week. Number one, my five PTR in no particular order. If I can't watch the Eagles games, I want to see Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Okay. Green Bay, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Vegas, Chargers. Yep. Tampa Bay, Dallas. There you go. Tonight's game, Bills Rams. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the first present that I get to open up. Can I just agree with all your picks and say that I'm also, once the Eagles game gets over, going to go to Red Zone and watch them all? All right. Hey, Sky Guasco for the Fantasy Fix is coming up next. And you can get your questions in now, 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973. If you haven't got your fantasy football questions in for week number one, Sky Guasco answers them. Coming up next here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. Now on 97.3 ESPN. All right, time now for the Fantasy Fix. Yes, Fantasy Football Week 1 is here, and the Fantasy Fix on the Sports Fast is brought to you by the original Piccalilli in Route 206 in Shemong. Visit them on Facebook or at piccalilli.com for their pick game specials, and be sure to pre-order to guarantee your spot in Sunday's lineup. Nobody beats the Piccalilli on Route 206 in Shemong. You know, you got to call like today to get your wings 
at the pick. They're Sunday. that good. I've had them. They're that good. It's a you know landmark spot and certainly worth you know trying them out All or right, going uh, back and getting more. Quite frankly, back for year number two of the fantasy fix. Sky Guasco of Razball. He is back with us now, taking all your questions. And if you have a fantasy football question for week one. 609-403-0973. We've been compiling the questions throughout the day. Sky Guasco, welcome back, man. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me. Week one already. I'm ready to go. Week one. We got the game tonight, Bills and Rams. So let's uh, just kind of fire off a couple guys that need to be active in your lineup tonight. Yeah, tonight's going to be fun. Week one, there's so many question marks, right? Matt Stafford got a little bit of a thumb situation going on. Van Jefferson out, right? You start all your bills. I'm excited about Gabe Davis even as well. Dawson Knox just got paid. We could fire him up. Devin Singletary, if I got another option, I'm going to go another direction there. But Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, of course. On the Rams side, Cooper Cup's Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson, I'm excited about him to get a fresh start in L.A. Cam Akers, you're probably playing him, but we'll see what that backfield looks like. Tyler Higby is a deep flyer. I'm not really worried about him. But both of these DSTs, if you play with defenses and kickers, Tyler Bass and Matt Gay, you fire DSTs and the kickers up. This is a bonanza, as they say in the fantasy world, man. Points all around. So where are you on the uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis? It feels like people are trying to fade on Diggs, man. I don't know about a fade. I just feel like, you know, it's like Justin Jefferson kind of took over for Adam Thielen, right? Stephon Diggs kind of took over for Adam Thielen. Things like that, like the second receiver just kind of pops in eventually, right? And Gabe Davis obviously finished strong. Four touchdowns the last time he was on the field in the playoffs, so you can't deny that. Stephon Diggs is a beast. He's going to be just fine. I just feel that Gabe Davis will be getting more work this year. He was one of my sleepers all summer. I was getting in the ninth, tenth round instead of Stephon Diggs in the second. All right, stick around because Sky's going to give some uh, players he likes, guys that need to be in your lineup, some waivers, sleeper type of guys at the end. Let's uh, hit on some quarterbacks here, get your thoughts on some uh, new faces in new places, new faces on the field. Trey Lance, I know you're out there in San Fran. What say you with Trey Lance this year? Week one. Trey's my guy. Trey's my guy. Don't don't get me don't get me too hyped yet, Mike. All right, I'm trying to contain for the first couple of weeks here and keep my expectations at bay. But look, man, it's uh, it's Trey Trey season uh, as we're saying in the Bay Area. So very excited. We did bring Jimmy back, which I think is super smart, just in case. But uh, it's Trey Lance season. I'm very excited for him for fantasy football. So he's a start this week in week number one. All right, Russell Wilson, Denver. There's some talk that he may be slipping a little bit. Uh, is Russell Wilson a guy in week one for you? 100%. Not a chance he's slipping. A. B. Very excited to be out of Seattle into Denver. C. Great weapons. And look, I love the schedulers just accidentally pop these in here where uh, we're playing the Seahawks week one. Okay. You know what, Mike? Bold prediction, Russ goes for like 300-plus and at least three touchdowns, maybe four, just to prove a point for Seattle there, the Big 12s up north for me. So Russ is a fire-up, absolutely. Maybe a start of the week even. Get him in your lineup. All right, Kirk Cousins, Green Bay. Uh, Cousins always uh, puts up some big numbers. I love it. Yeah, you're basically getting the Rams offense now with the new OC. Um, I like this a lot, new head coach and everything else there. Again, Justin Jefferson is... The talks of the quote-unquote new Cooper Cup this year because of that offense. Dalvin Cook is, you know, incredible as well. Adam Thielen's still around and healthy. K.J. Osborne, a sleeper in this offense. I like Kirk Cousins a lot here. And he was one of the cheaper quarterbacks you could get 
might get late around drafts. And I think he's going to have big time upside here uh, on his return this season. All right, uh, I got some more quarterbacks for Sky Guasco. If you have a fantasy football question, 609 403 0973. Text it in. PTO will read those off for Sky. Uh, Sky coming up in just a minute or two. Derek Carr, new toy in Vegas. Uh, so what does that do for Carr? Man, a new toy, but an old friend, if you will. Maybe an old toy that we cleaned up, if you want to put it that way. Devonta Adams and Derek Carr played college together, right? Fresno State. Um, they go way back. They have a lot of long time history with those two guys. So this is not your your normal uh, new wide receiver, new scheme, new quarterback, new head coach thing, right? That just isn't the case. These guys are very familiar with each other, dominated at Fresno State. I expect big things for Devontae Adams. People are thinking he won't be targeted as much because of Aaron Rodgers, not you know, Derek Carr not being Aaron Rodgers. It might be the opposite. I think Derek Carr gives this guy 200 targets or something crazy because they're best friends off the field, too, and that matters when you have continuity in the offseason. All right, a couple more quick on the uh, quarterbacks because this is a big position. What about Winston? 5,000 yards, but all the interceptions. He's got Alave, he's got Landry, he's got Michael Thomas back, he's still got Kamara. Is this Jameis Winston a QB1 in week one? Sounds super awesome on paper. (laughs) And against Atlanta, I hope it pops off. But these divisional games, you never know what version of the Falcons you're going to get right now, a rebuilding team. But you're right. If he's healthy, Michael Thomas is going to be the cog here, right? If he plays, you fire him up. If he doesn't, I do like Landry and I do like Olave, both as kind of streamers, maybe even DFS angles too, if not for season long. But Alvin Kamara, you got to fire him up. The offense is still going to run through him. So kind of hit or miss. But to be honest with you, Mike, if I had to take Kirk Cousins and uh, Jameis Winston or Trey Lance and Jameis Winston, I'm actually going to fade Winston with both of those guys, maybe even a Matt Ryan. I would play over Jameis Winston this week. I know he's got fireworks, but I don't know what version of offense we're going to get here without Sean Payton. So I might fade uh, Jameis just for a week or two to feel it out. Uh, Sky Guasco, he'll give you some more of his favorite plays a little bit later. Let's go some running backs here and get his thoughts on this. uh, uh, Damian Pierce, Houston, everybody got to draft him, got to draft him. He's on the worst team in football. Is he still (laughs) a player in fantasy? Yeah, I, I love that you said that. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not really a toot-my-own-horn kind of a guy, but every once in a while there's a couple guys over the summer that I talk about in fantasy since, like, April, since the draft in May or whatever. Damian Pierce was a guy that I came out right away and just said, look, the math adds up for this kid to get a chance. He's this year's James Robinson, a rookie nobody cared about until right now. The old guys are gone, right? Rex Burkhead's not going to do it. Phil Lindsay's not there. Royce Freeman's not going to happen. Um they're just not going to fend him off there. Uh, Marlon Mack got cut uh, and brought back, so it's going to be him all day long. And it, volume, volume, volume matters in fantasy football. Colts have a very good defense, but Damian Pierce is also going to be used at the backfield. So I think he's a great RB2 with weekly RB1 upside, and I'm all over Damian Pierce. Green Bay running back situation. How are you breaking it down if you own those two guys? Uh, you fire them both up, I think. I mean, Aaron Jones for sure. There's a lot of talk that Aaron Jones might just be the slot receiver now. I mean, Randall Cobb is the slot receiver, but he's like 43. I think last time I checked, he's old in the tooth. Aaron Jones plays out wide in seven games last year that Devontae Adams was out. Aaron Jones increased his receptions per game by three, his receiving yards by 35 per game. So if he's getting the passing work on top of rushing, we know A.J. Dillon's a truck. Goal line could be A.J. Dillon. In between the 20s is Aaron Jones. No Devontae Adams. No Alan Lazard potentially this week either. Aaron Rodgers got to trust somebody. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with both running backs in this game actually. All right, how are you breaking down the Dallas running back situation? What's your advice for the Elliott and Pollard oh, users? Yeah. Well, 
a, a, t- a more tame version of Green Bay, maybe. So, like, you ride Zeke until the wheels fall off, either physically or they just start moving toward Tony Pollard. Week one, you got to go Zeke, right? Jerry is one of those guys that has to prove a point. They're going to put him out there. They're going to give him 25 carries, whether he can handle it or not at this point. He'll probably score a touchdown or two. I'm good with Zeke this week. Tony Pollard's more of a flex if you need him. Again, a DFS uh, flyer maybe, but I would fade Tony Pollard this particular week to see how it goes. Could he pop off for an ADR touchdown? Of course, but I'm not going to bank on that right now, um, and especially against the Buccaneers. I mean, the Bucs are just one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. I think Zeke can pound enough to score one or tw- uh, two times, but Tony Pollard's going to have to rely on big plays, and I just don't see it against Tampa Bay. All right, last running back for Sky Guasco. What about the uh, Elijah Mitchell, San Francisco? Is he going to be the guy out there? I love it. He is for now. Again, I, I hate to do the cop-out injury thing, but as long as so many of these guys are – Elijah Mitchell, as long as he's healthy, you throw him out there, Mike, right? Jeff Wilson's waiting, right? We got a couple rookies who are waiting, whatever. San Francisco running backs have just not been healthy over the last five years. It's been insane how many guys we've had to use every single season. But until you see the injury, you got to ride Elijah Mitchell. He did have a bit of an ankle thing over the season, but didn't play in the preseason to keep him healthy. So you roll him out, I think he's going to be just fine. And the Bears just aren't as strong as they used to be. So I like Elijah Mitchell this week. All right. Uh, we got your questions coming up. If you have questions, keep them coming. PT's compiling them all over here, 609 609- 403-0973. A couple wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster. No more Pittsburgh. He's got Patrick Mahomes, but can he beat Ty Hill? I love this question. Not a not a close could he be Tyreek Hill. Um, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster is, is 28% Tyreek Hill. But what he can be is a very reliable option over the middle of the field, right? You got two burners on the outside. Marcus Valdez-Scantling comes over from Green Bay. And then, of course, you have the rookie Sky Moore. Both those guys are going to be burners. They're the fake Tyreek Hills now. But Travis Kelsey and Juju are going to be great over the middle there. So along with the run game, I think both those guys could soak up targets. I don't love Juju this summer. I actually didn't draft him anywhere uh, in all my leagues. I didn't have him once. I don't hate the player. I just don't love the situation and what version of the Chiefs you're going to get this year. All of those receivers we heard in the draft a couple of years ago, none of them, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson turned out to be the best. Jerry Judy, mm. though, has got a quarterback now. What does that do for his fantasy week one? Yeah, I love it. Week one, you're fine. Again, the Seahawks, I think, are just going to be pitiful, to be honest with you. Um, they're rebuilding on both sides of the ball. Defense is not obviously not the Legion of Boom from years ago. Russ, I think it's going to be Cortland Sutton's season. I've been riding Cortland Sutton big time, but – if not open down the field, we know that, you know, if, if Cortland Sutton is the quote-unquote DK Metcalf, then Jerry Judy is the Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett was dominant for fantasy football for a very long time on minimal touches and efficiency, and Jerry Judy's very quick over the middle. So I like him a lot. I just think the bigger plays and the bigger upside with touchdowns is Cortland Sutton. But if you're in PPR leagues, I do like Jerry Judy quite a bit. All right, last one, C.D. Lamb. How's he going to be mm. without Cooper on the other side? Is he a number one receiver in fantasy? That's a great question. This week is going to be tough. Tampa Bay is pretty locked down on the outside. Last year, these two teams played opening night as well, and it was a shootout. Great game. Mike, when I think about second-year or third-year receivers in his case, but that second receiver coming up, is Amari Cooper leaving good or bad for him? Sometimes it's good because they get all the extra targets. Sometimes it's not as good because they're not a true number one. I think CeeDee Lamb is a true number one. I think Dak is going to pepper him. I like him a lot, but this week, 
temper expectations as the new number one and against Tampa Bay. But it should be a shootout and plenty of opportunity. All right. We've been getting listener questions for Sky Guasco all day for your fantasy football week number one, 609-403-0973. We'll kind of rapid fire as many as we can off at you, Sky. Here come the listener questions for week number one. PT, what do you got? All right, Sky. I get to tee these up. Steve from Washington Township wants to know Miles Sanders or Cam Akers. Oh, man, Cam Akers tonight or Miles Sanders? Um, honestly, give me Miles Sanders while he's healthy. I'd love me some Kenny Gainwell, but I'm actually going to go Miles Sanders this particular week just because I think Daryl uh, Henderson has a bigger role. Charlie from Vineland, a PPR league flex position. Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, I just answered that. I'm Cortland Sutton all day. Joey D from Ventnor, one receiver, one flex. He's got Penny, Gabriel Davis, Christian Kirk, Julio Jones, Chase Claypool, and he wanted you to know that he has Pat Fryermuth as his tight end. <laughs> oh, I love that. Give me the Muth. Um, well, you're not starting Muth as your as your flex, but oh, I'm so tempted to go Julio Jones, but I won't until I know what happens with Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's out. I love Julio this week, but I don't know yet, so I'm actually going to go Gabe Davis. Jalen Ramsey might not stop. Stephon Diggs, but he could slow him down. If he does, could be Gabe Davis tonight. So give me Gabe Davis. A couple of quarterback pairings, and each of them have Carr in them. Victor from Linwood wants to know Derek Carr or Russell Wilson. I'm going to go Russ. And Nick from EHT wants to know Stafford or Derek Carr. Yeah, this week, let's go Derek Carr, surprisingly. Against the Chargers, it's going to be a shootout. And Stafford, I think, is a little bit beat up. They might run the ball a little bit more, which could be good for Akers. But I really like this Bills defense. Steve from Palermo wants to know Gabriel Davis or Rashad Bateman. Oh, this week, uh, you know what? Let's go Let's go Bateman against Cincinnati. He's that number one now. And again, I think Stephon Diggs is going to have plenty of work. I just think he might get slowed down. Tom from the Villas, A.J. Dillon or Hollywood Brown at my flex. Please help. <laughs> Love that. Depends on the league. So I said this a bunch last year. I'm just going to remind everybody. Super helpful if you can tell me PPR, half PPR, non-PPR, because a question like this matters either way. If you're in PPR, I would go wide receiver. If you're in half or non, I would go A.J. Dillon. So it, it kind of depends on your format. Nice job by you, Sky. Stan from Galloway wants to know, I'm starting two in a PPR league. Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins. Who are the two? All three of them are hurt. This is tough. Uh, you know what? I, I guess I, I guess I'm obviously if, if one of them sits, then you answer your own question. But if somehow they all three play, I'm going to go with both wide receivers. I just don't trust uh, J.K. Dobbin right now. All right, one more PT. Yeah, Bill from Northfield says Chris Olave, Nico Collins, and I think you mentioned this player MVS. Yeah, Dallas. I love it. MVS is MVS is deep in uh, in DFS, but I actually um, I, I like I like Olave here. All right, there you go. Uh, thanks to all the people who sent your questions. If we didn't get to your questions, of course, next week, Sky will be back for the Fantasy Fix here on the Sports Best. Sky, tell everybody where they can listen to you and find you uh, all football season long. You can catch all my content all season long at football.rasball.com. All my articles are up there all season long. I'm a nut about all this fantasy stuff. You can find me. Feel free to jump in. I'll be on here every week with Mike, but feel free to jump in Twitter in between time. Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O on Twitter. You can hit me directly. I also have a podcast, the Rasball Fantasy Football Podcast. You can hear me as well all summer long. Okay, there you go. Um, by the way, all right, we got to ask him. He's the fantasy football guy, right? Yes. So <laughs> here we go. Last Bring night it. was our fantasy football draft <laughs> for the radio station, which I got to admit I really wasn't all that excited about. Yeah, you know, like not a lot of people wanted to do it. People have been coming and going. Yeah. 
my producer Josh is the commissioner, okay? Uh-huh. I was kind of left in the dark on this, like, hey, I need some guys. you have anybody that wants to get in? Nobody asked me, so I kind of stayed out of this, okay? Long story short, last night was the draft at 8 o'clock. I forgot. Nobody tried to reach out to me to say, hey, are you, you the draft is started. I, I take blame that I missed it, but don't you have to say, I'm going to call or text? You don't start the draft unless everybody's accounted for, right? Yeah, man. So many. Week one, Mike, you got me fired up here. So many layers to peel the onion here. First of all, no invite for me. It's fine. It's fine. Right? But no invite for hey, me. Hey, if you would have you know, told no me I need some more people, do you have anyone? I said, I'll ask Sky Gwaski. He would have rather no had deal. you with it him. <laughs> no big deal this year, but I was available. It's okay. Mike, uh, boo-boo for you, of course, missing the draft. However, I will say the commish, other teammates, buddies, anybody, hey, where's Mike at? Mike should be in here. What's going on? It's You know what? I'm going to cop out here, fully cop out, because I would love to be welcomed back for the rest of the, the season here. <laughs> I'm going to go 50-50 blame. I think that's legit. And uh, give me a call next year. I'd be happy to come in and play with it. <laughs> Come in and mop the floor up with Let you. Let me just, Scott Guasco, if you are running the league, are you starting the draft unless everyone's accounted for uh, no, I generally, I, this is a real thing. So I have like, first of all, I do multiple uh, reminders day of, look, life happens, man. It, you know, whatever. Things come up. But generally it's like, give me a heads up if you miss it or I'm going to hit you know hit you up a couple times. We have a 15-minute wait and then you're going to auto-pick. And if you auto-draft for a whole thing and I don't hear from you, it could be risking you not playing in the league next year. Very well. Things there you do go. happen, That's, right? Things that come is up from and I want to know about it, fine, but... <laughs> True you know, fantasy expert right there. All right, Sky Guasco's well back done, for well the done. whole season, and he'll be back next Thursday right here on the Sports Best. Thanks, Good buddy. Good luck, everyone. Yep. All right, uh, he's brought to you by the Piccalilli Route 206 in Shemong. Visit them on Facebook at piccalilli.com. There are pick game specials, and be sure to pre-order to guarantee your spot in Sunday's lineup. you got to get your wings early. They put them out on trades, and they got racks of wings that you got to go get. Nobody beats the Piccalilli Route 206. In Shema. Mike, get your game on at the Gallery Bar Book and Games and Ocean Casino Resort this football season. Cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery in Ocean Casino Resort to go for the win. For more information, visit theoceanac.com. You must be 21 or older to play. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gamble. All right, we wrap up today's show. Next, my man Litz in the house. All right. Now, back to the ESPN. All right, that's going to do it for us here at uh, Chickies and Pete's. Every Thursday, don't forget, we'll be here next Thursday right here, PT. And right. tomorrow, we're live at Ocean Casino at the Sportsbook, man. Stop out and see us tomorrow at Ocean Casino Sportsbook. We'll be there tomorrow and Monday. Yeah, that's awesome. You and me, me and you, that is what I want to do. By the way, <laughs> go to our website or download the, the app right now, 973ESPN.com slash app and you can enter to win a great prize you still haven't said what this prize is yet right you tell people tomorrow but they can start entering right now okay we're going to announce the winner on monday's show all right all right okay go to our website 973espn.com or use your free mobile app and enter to win a great prize go to our website for the details to find out and then on monday's show pt and i will announce the winner i'm looking forward to it i'm excited football tonight